Northsouth Connection. It's Friday the 13th. And you know what that means. Jason Voorhees presents... You know what that means, the AEW Podcast Spooky Edition. I am your spooky host, Jordan Duncan. With me, as always, is my is my creepy co-host, Andrew Reich. Andrew, how are you doing? Hey, uh, so if you're Jason, am I am I Pamela, the killer? Yeah, I, 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 your sweater is what keeps me sane. Because, <laughs> <laughs> like... I don't even think they had the hockey mask on the first Friday. No, ever. it was might not have even been the second one. And my knowledge of this is not because I'm like a huge. Fan. I've seen the movies, but I had the Friday Thirteenth video game, and you could have like different Jason skins. And Friday, I, the I f- do remember. J- I do remember Friday the Thirteenth on Nintendo, and mm. Jason when he showed up. Oh, he it's was terrifying. He would, like, just jump in, stab, 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 and leave. It was one of the most impossible games in the world. Like, Nintendo had some games back then. I was actually thinking about this today because one of our questions we're going to get to at the end of the show was is about wrestling video games. And I was thinking about video games and how Nintendo back in the day really made a huge profit off just, like, taking, like, a franchised thing and slapping its name on a bad game and friday the 13th is a perfect example of that like a horrible video game there's an infamous et game on atari that was like that that's called like Mm -hmm. that's considered the worst game of all time it has like documentaries have you seen that netflix documentary called high score yep or no not that one I've seen the one where they go, they try to find the landfill where all the Atari yes, games are Yes, and it was with Ernest Klein who yeah. wrote uh, Ready Player One. Yep. My brother loves that book. And we I watched that with him, and it was hilarious. Yeah. Uh, but back to Friday the 13th, I'm pretty sure he gets the mask either at the end of, episode, uh, end of part two or in part three. Because in part two, he just wears like a uh, a burlap sack over his face with like an one eye hole. Yeah. So and he wears overalls, so he could have been Hillbilly Jim for all we know. <laughs> well, there there are moments where wrestling legitimately scared me. Like yeah. uh, some, I mean, for better or for worse. Like right. sometimes the booking scares me. <laughs> yeah, like whenever Kevin Nash would come out in 1999, I would get a little terrified. That's, that's what I was saying. When they re when they repackaged the NWO Wolfpack, I was <laughs> that legitimately scared me. That's when I knew, oh my god, this is not going to end well. <laughs> Like even even as an even as a seventeen year old, I just knew I was like, oh my god, the wheels are falling off. Talk about a throwback! I was re- doing some like wrestling trivia, like when I'm bored and I don't have a lot going on at work, I'll do like trivia stuff online. And I had a question about NWO Silver, and I forgot that NWO Silver was like a faction. That was, that like, was the one with Jared and Bret Hart. Yep, the J- the Jared yep. Bret Hart and the Harris brothers. Like, what a horrible <laughs> chapter in. <laughs> Dude, Ron and Don Harris, they, like, follow Jared everywhere all the way to the point that they almost bought TNA away from Dixie Carter. Yeah. Like, they had almost bundled enough money together with benefactors to buy it off of her. Just imagine, we could, listen, in, in another multiverse, in another universe, there's a universe <laughs> where the Harris brothers run the professional wrestling world. You know, I just watched a Doctor yeah. Strange movie this week, so I'm aware that we have layers upon layers well, upon knowing, layers. Well, knowing Ron and Don Harris's uh, personal preferences, <laughs> they don't it's not going to be hard drawing crowds. <laughs> yeah. 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 I thought you were going to make another joke no I don't think you're pref- going to get a TV deal though. Yeah. I was, was going to say I think uh, I think we can guess who's on their roster and who's not, but anyways, this is episode 18 of the AEW podcast. Uh, if this is your first time listening, Andrew and I 
take a couple hours every other week to talk about AEW. When we first started, we kind of did like match-by-match breakdowns of the shows, and I feel like we kind of have evolved and matured out of that because, you know, if you're here looking for move-by-move holds and breakdowns of what happened to Dynamite and Rampage, we don't really give you that. We kind of fill you in on what's happening in the company, our opinions, and uh, just... If we go off on rabbit holes, we go off into little yeah, rabbit it, it, It's hard to span the AEW galaxy, as Angelo Parker <laughs> yes. called them. They, okay. We're just the tiny, we're the little tiny coffee shop in the corner that surveys, the, we're the watchers of the AEW galaxy. So WWE has WWE Universe, and Marvel has the multiverse. So if AEW has a galaxy, what's like the multi-galaxy? What would a word be for that? Like uh, giga galaxies? I don't know. <laughs> I'm trying to think of it. And... <laughs> Worm. Well, does what's what would be a wormhole? Would that yeah. be collect your narrative? <laughs> <laughs> I think wormhole is what Marco Stunt's new indie name is. But <laughs> I think uh, if Steve, I think if Stephen Hawking was a wrestling fan, he could have booked a hell of a show. Oh heck yeah, man! And it, <laughs> I, I almost made an inappropriate joke. I, I'm glad I didn't. So. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Andrew, let's talk about what's going on in AEW. Uh, as always, I feel like we eventually we get to it. I might as well say it right off the back, right off the bat, <laughs> right off the oh, bat. Our right show comes back. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> our show comes out on Fridays, but we tape on Tuesdays. So there's always this uh, mystery dynamite that's been sucked into the wormhole that's uh, already happened by the time you hear our voices. But by the t- when we hear each other's voices, it hasn't happened yet. Uh, that dynamite uh, that we are not going to see that's already happened by the time you're listening uh, includes an MJF uh, Wardlow contract signing. Uh, I think we have some Owen Hart matches, correct? Well, not Owen Hart matches. Yeah, Owen Hart um, uh, matches. they got two men's uh, Owen Hart matches. Uh, one is Darby Allen and Jeff Hardy. Yep. Uh, the other is Adam Cole and Dax Harwood. Yep. And then they had one of the women's ones on Dynamite, and that's going to be Tony Storm versus Jamie Hayter. Yep. Um, a victory speech by the Jericho Appreciation Society. It'd be hard to declare. That would be like Putin declaring victory. Yeah, like Jericho <laughs> won a singles match over Santana. I guess they fireballed Eddie Kingston too, so maybe they're thinking, you know. Um, Punk versus John Silver. I think that might be the main event because John Silver's yeah, from Long, Long Island. Island. Yeah. yeah. And Punk is going to get booed. I mean, I'm yeah. just going to get out and get it out there. It's he's funny, like he he's really taking this Bret Hart thing to heart, you know, <laughs> like you know how well, Bret and the well, whole... Hangman Page said this isn't a mass a self masturbatory Bret Hart appreciation right. match. I was like, whoo, shots fired. Yeah, that was good <laughs> stuff, man. But and um... then there's one more, and it's Ricky Starks and Jungle Boy for yeah. the FTW Championship. Yeah, which apparently still exists. All right, cool. <laughs> good to know. Good to know that belt still. In Long Island, New York. That's why I think Punk's gonna get booed. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. I mean, he got booed when he was in the MJF feud last time, and I think that's kind of cool that they lean into like Punk is a heel only in Long Island, you know. So yeah, well, he also shit all over the Islanders, which is all right. I'll give you that, right? <laughs> you know, but yeah, like if you're going in with the local uh, rundown the team type of thing, uh, because you knew MJF was going to get a bunch of cheers, you know. And I actually looked at. I think. Uh, I think. WWE was just in Uniondale, so they were very close by. Mm-hmm. So I wonder what the turnout's going to be for this show. I want to say it's probably going to be a little less than the one they had early this year, which was somewhere – that was, like, right when the show opened. So that was somewhere around, like, seven or 8,000. might be a little less than They're going to have a hard time when they come to Detroit in June deciding which sports franchise to, to mock because they're all horrible. 
Like <laughs> the Lions are horrible. The Tigers. I don't know if you're a baseball guy. I'm not much of a baseball guy anymore. But the Tigers hitting is like abysmal. They're like bottom of the majors in like almost every offensive category. I guarantee you, category. if Dr. Britt Baker DMD is on the show, she's gonna make some joke about a coin toss. Yep. Oh yeah, I I'm sure it's coming. So, I mean, and then, of course, you've got the Red Wings are kind of a bunch of nothing. The Pistons are lousy. And even Michigan and Michigan State aren't what they were. So, great time to be a sports fan here in Michigan. (laughs) But to correct myself, I just looked it up. It was actually 9,500 for Long Island. I don't know what it's going to be this time. I think they'll get a good turnout. Yeah, I do too. So, uh, But let's kind of go back to where we were just two minutes ago where we mentioned Hangman Page and the Punk promo and Punk because that's uh, the main event of our upcoming pay-per-view, which is uh, Double or Nothing, end of the month we'll have one more episode our next episode will be the preview for that and hopefully we'll have a few more matches by then because uh as of right now there's only a couple official but one of them that's official is the world title match hangman page defending against cm punk uh i saw some complaints online and granted they were from like known aew trolls saying like hangman page didn't even show up they don't care but it turns out he had covid did i didn't know that yeah until like a week after the fact cowboy shit more like covid shit yeah right but um or he called it COVID snot on his Twitter. Yeah. But um, yeah, he um he tested positive, mm-hmm. and you know it happens. Uh, and uh, so Punk just kind of uh went it alone. Like yep. he he called that um he called that match uh, on color commentary where it was Dax and uh Dax Harwood and Cash Wheeler. Uh, Great the one match, that Dax by the way. Won. Yeah. Really, really good match. Uh, like not as good as their tag matches against the Briscoes and the Young Bucks, but sure. I mean, look, you can't do six stars all the time, right? And um, you can wear the shirt though. Uh, but uh, Punk comes, then Punk just walks down the ramp and he kind of hurries up with a promo, just basically like a sizzle reel where he's just talking about how he's gonna fight his way through this and mm-hmm. he never quits and such and such. And then uh, Punk uh, decided to bring it via satellite, and it was Hangman live at the show in um, where were they in the previous week uh, that just passed? It was uh, I'm drawing a Baltimore. blank. It was Baltimore, yeah. and he kind of went heelish. Uh, yep. Hangman. Yep. Which I liked. I liked the edge uh, of it, like uh, kind of no nonsense. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna stop kissing babies and I'm gonna start slapping some faces, you know? Because uh, mm-hmm. it wasn't like, for lack of a better term, it wasn't like dick heelish. It was just like tough guy heelish, which I think fits his persona. Uh, but yeah, I guess I, I think he was calling out the fans as fickle. Yeah, is what he's doing. Yeah, you know. Uh, like, oh, you love this guy now, don't you? Right. You yeah. Know? You guys love punk. Um, and it came out uh, that uh, quite a bit of that show two weeks ago had to be rewritten because of the COVID thing. So, yeah. Um, yeah. So if there's anyone out there who was thinking, oh, where's Hangman Page right there using him? Well, he had COVID, so can't use him. Uh, Steve Kerr, Warriors coach, currently out with COVID right now. So maybe yeah. Adam Page has been hanging out in the Warriors locker room. Yeah, maybe maybe they should hire away new Kings head coach Mike Brown yeah. since he's done with doing such a slam-bang job. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I, I watched the game last night. Uh, and if that's what Kings fans are in for, good luck, boys. Because uh, I remember Mike Brown a, sure loved that Damian Lee. He gave him like. I remember when it, this. We're taking a deep dive now, but I remember when his assistant John Kuster got hired by Detroit, mm-hmm. and I I was like, oh, good luck with that. Right? And he he lasted a year. So yeah. yeah, not the most creative guy in the world. If you have the talent, like the Warriors have, you're gonna be fine. Yeah. But like, there's a lot of talent in the. I mean, just between the two guys for this main event i mean that you could you could sell so much off of it i talked about it a little bit on the last episode but we were sort of projecting the main event i didn't want to really like yeah take a like deep we kind of had the breadcrumbs were being laid 
Yeah, and we we can dive even deeper next uh, for the preview. I'm sure there'll be a whole lot more matches to to to, to promote after that. But yeah. I I what I like about this one the most is that this is the first AEW title match, other than maybe Kenny Omega and John Moxley in the death match, mm-hmm. where I don't know who's gonna win. Right. Like I, if you put this on a betting line, I would have a you would probably make good money if you bet right. Right. Well, because even with the the hangman brian danielson matches i think there's some doubt as to the hangman would win clean but i don't think anybody expected danielson to win the title you know what i mean yeah. so it's more of a kind of the uh, distance the first time right. and then hangman beat him the second time. Right. right yeah so uh which i i think maybe is needed like what do you think about hangman i think there seems to be i don't want to say it's growing sentiment but stuff i see in twitter and twitter is like the worst place to go for feedback but it seems like people are kind of saying, you know, okay, they did this great, great story with him winning the belt, and his follow-up as having the championship has kind of been meh, like like the more money that in the chase type thing, you know. It hasn't signified anything. Yeah, like that that the that the there's a hollowness to the ring. Like, right. and I know all these fans feel that way about their favorite wrestler or wrestler that they really want to have that historic run. Like, you know, John Cena, when he won the U.S. title, like he, I got to give the man credit. He made that matter by going out there and right. wanting to go out there and wrestle every night and wrestle different people and really like expand his arsenal to show, Hey, I am not just the, I am not just a sports entertainer. I can go out here and have a really great match with a young guy and make him look good too. The thing about hangman that's difficult. Um, and I, I think it, I think it, I don't want to blame booking too much, but I do think that they are a victim of this. And we saw this problem happen with, um, in a way with Cody Rhodes when he departed was, is that, they they have this like Tony I think does have some master plans in mind of who he wants to win the title and how long he wants them to hold the belt. Mm-hmm. He wants the belt to signify something uh, uh, prestigious and hard to attain. So if Hangman's a champion, he wanted him to be the champion, like you said, for a long time. Mm-hmm. And there was two problems I, that happened with it. Number one, he was too patient with how often he wrestled on dynamite and on television because he wanted hangman's matches to feel important but the problem is if you're not wrestling all the time you don't seem like a fighting champion Mm -hmm. you know and you have to find that balance of okay are we overdoing this guy on television point that that the viewers are saturating on him and souring on him or are we holding him back too much that we're kind of like jobbing ourselves out of these dream matches and we might not get around to them because either we booked ourselves into a different thing or there's injuries or a guy leaves or long story short, I, I do think booking has a little bit to do with that, yeah. that notion. I think, I think it's that. And I also think it's booking in this sense that since hangman's won the belt, the hottest stories that the crowds have taken to just haven't been his like MJF punk was the hottest story really the past like two three months i thought they had something with archer because archer was like a badass who could actually beat the crap out yeah but you know what i'm saying like like when you think about like okay you go back from when hangman won the belt okay what's the hottest angle coming out of that and since he's won the championship i don't think there's been a point where he's been the hottest anything not that we know we know the hottest angle in AEW right now it's Hook and Danhausen. Oh, it is Hookhausen, baby. We'll get to that <laughs> in the next. The second hour is devoted entirely to fan theories about that. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> but you're right. Like, yeah. uh, and I do think I know they got just a few weeks to go because they got this one coming up. 
um, in Long Island, and then they're in Houston, Texas. Right. And I, then I, they hit the Mandalay Bay. So they got a couple shows to fire it off, but I got a weird feeling that going into the, quote, mystery dynamite, that Punk and Hangman are going to go at it on Yeah, a they front. haven't even come to blows yet. They haven't even... Yeah, it, yeah. it's coming. I, I think, too, I understand the, the, the pessimism. You know, I mean, all of us are basically trauma survivors of WWE, right? Like, right. so we kind of project our wwe pain onto other promotions fairly or unfairly and you know when you see a guy win a title that you wanted to win and then he's not like positioned as the main guy you think like okay are they daniel Bryaning him remember brian won the title at 30 then what did they do feud him with kane uh or even uh he who shall not be named you know chris benoit wins the title at 20 and feuded i think with kane, with kane. <laughs> believe it or not yeah. <laughs> But edge, it, but edge the main event the was... edge beats edge cashes in and beats the Undertaker right oh he's gonna wrestle Kane right <laughs> but like in, in those situations you had a guy win a title but then he wasn't even main eventing whereas with Hangman Page he's main evented every major show since he's been the champion like yes and he did main event that live rampage that you and Steve previewed yep so so, so I think they still value the world title as like okay that's that's how we end shows so in that sense I I don't. I understand the pessimism and the worry, but I think it's a little bit unfounded still so much as you're not going to hit another like that story of him winning the title was years in the making. You can't have another years in the making title defense story right out the gate, you know, so it's uh, hard. And they also didn't really plant seeds for Punk and Hangman until recently because they wanted to sort of like plan it out and and not um, not to for lack of a better term blow your load yeah you know like they they didn't want to go out there and be like oh let's you know what we got punk and we got danielson let's just throw them out there and just have them wrestle kenny and wrestle the bucks and right let's get all the dream matches out of the way that's that's something vince would do right but <clears throat> it's not necessarily that's not necessarily uh means that it's the worst idea ever like sometimes if there's an opportunity like i remember when kenny had, had that one with danielson and everyone was like, oh, man, it's too soon. I'm like, no, it's perfect. Yep. Like, this, get it out of the way. This is the one everyone wants to see. I don't care about the result. Just get it done. And if you have a stalemate, do it, run it back. Right. Um, if you tell a great story like Punk and MJF did, you can revisit it. And yep. you can flip the script if, like, I don't think it's possible to turn MJF face at this point. But, you know, hey, whatever. Yeah. But, <laughs> but for Hangman and Punk, it does look like they're trying to flip the narrative and i think they planted the seeds there definitely um in the most recent dynamite with uh page but i i like i just like the idea that there is some suspense like i remember with rock and austin and that only took they only heated that up in a month when Mm -hmm. they did wrestlemania 17 the thing was though i just remember having that that weird guttural feeling of suspense of like yeah. Man, how is this going to go down? Well, even you know? like the, the example you gave about like Kenny and Danielson too, that also shows like that we fans don't always know what's going on. Like if they hadn't pulled the trigger on that match and and waited like we wanted, well, Kenny, after he dropped the belt, he's, he hasn't been seen since. He ain't going to get it. You know? Right. Like, <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I think they knew like, okay, Kenny's wrapping up and he's going to take quite a bit of time off to rehab. So I think we, they wanted to get it while in- they could, you know? We see this in wrestling and sports all the time. Oh, these are the teams of the future. They're going to wrestle and they're going to play each other for years and years. No, they played each other once. Yep. Dan Marino, huh, quarterback of the future. He's going to play Joe Montana five times. He went to the Super Bowl once. Well, I mean, look like, at Joe, Joe Burrow and the Bengals. Like, okay, wow, the Bengals. I mean, the, the odds of them getting back there this year, 
Yeah. People are going to pr- expect it, but I wouldn't expect it, you know? <laughs> yeah. And then you have, and then somehow Trent Dilfer wins one. But yeah, look, right. <laughs> it is what it is. Like, you got your Jinder Mahals, and sure. you got your, uh, like, I don't know if AEW's had one of those yet. The only one I would say that even comes remotely close was when SCU won the first tag team titles. Yeah. That's the one where I'm SCU like, is the AEW Joe Flacco. Got it. Yes. <laughs> Speaking of SCU, though, we can transition to them a little bit because uh, the secondary title, the secondary men's title, the TNT Championship, uh, that's the one that doesn't seem to be uh, dependent on long reigns because that one's being passed around to quote uh, Ethan Page or Scorpio Sky more than Ty Conti backstage, uh, which is maybe the sickest burn they've had in a while. <laughs> um Ethan Page, when he really gets intense Dude. on his promos, God, he can run you down. How long have I been singing the Ethan Page praises, man? Like, yeah. Yeah, he, he's great. But uh, Scorpio Sky won it back from Sammy Guevara in a pretty good ladder match. There was a really scary moment where Sammy did like a twisting flip and Sky almost completely missed him and Sammy just splat, splats. Yeah. Ugh. He tried a 720 from the top of the ladder. And he does barely, really well. Yeah. And he like... He, I don't think he over rotated. I think, like you said, that just it, it didn't. He didn't. Um, he didn't get make far contact. Enough, yeah. And when he went down, like he tried to protect himself with his shoulder instead of hitting his head, but he hurt his shoulder really bad. Yeah. And it looked ugly. I just remember looking at it and think, and I, I watched carefully because they went to picture picture right after, and you can see Scott, uh, Sky, um, Sammy is just talking to the ref the entire time on his on his flat on his back, and you're yep. like, oh no, they might have to stop this. Yeah, they didn't. Uh, they didn't. wound up having a decent match. Yeah, and Sky's a champion again, and so they've traded it back and forth. That seems to be Sammy's thing: win it, lose it, win it, lose it. But. Um, the reason I mentioned SEU, of course, Scorpio Sky was in SEU, and recently uh, Frankie Kazarian came out and challenged him. I thought that was kind of interesting. Uh, tell me if you see what I'm seeing. I'm seeing Scorpio Sky breaking away from Lambert and Page and turning babyface. Are you seeing that? I think so, Like, because I think what it is is that Frankie's Frankie was a guy who was next in line, mm-hmm. I think, to challenge Sammy in the contendership and so that was the k that was the kayfabe storyline so he went to the side so that scorpio could get his rematch first yep um but with the prom but with the caveat that frankie would get the next shot um regardless of who won or lost and so scorpio kept his promise which which was actually kind of a the only thing i didn't like about how same Sammy Guevara and Ty Conti getting booed and kind of turning into the new Triple H Stephanie kind of thing or Edge Lita thing. I get it. Like, it's fine. Like, Tony said in a comment um, in an interview that he didn't envision it that way. Uh, but, listen, the fans are going to do what they want. And when they get hive-minded like that and it goes from show to show, you just have to go with the flow. Yeah. So if he if they're heels, then they're you need to treat them like heels. Sammy's I think a great that, heel, by the way. Like he, he, he is. Yeah, I think he should. I think be he's a, heel. a better heel than a face. I agree. I think he's he's got great offense for a baby. Yeah, he's got face. great baby face move set, but right. And and what happened was so Scorpio when he won the TNT title the first time they basically jobbed Sammy, <clears throat> um, <clears throat> and he said that to I was avoid the Wardlow match, I think. Right, he was like, I'm going to choose when I want to wrestle and who I want to wrestle. Then he flipped it when he won it back because they kind of were tilting Sky towards being like this sentimental, baby-faced, tough guy who got jobbed by Sammy and Ty Connie, and now he won, won it back. Like, he had a big, big pop when he won it back yeah. in that ladder match on the previous Dynamite. Um, we didn't even mention on the last show that, that Sammy won it, uh, won it off of him at Battle of the Belts because it was just so, like, 
like right. whatever. Right. Like it just didn't it didn't even matter to me. But he basically said, "I'm a fighting champion. I'm going to wrestle. I'm a. I want to wrestle the best." And the only thing I didn't like was how it kind of like it kind of went contradictory to how the approach for Scorpio Sky as a as a heel. Yeah. And now that they're going babyface, he all of a sudden has a different mindset. But you know, you it's not that pretty well though. Like, it's not Shakespeare, right? It's not Shakespeare. Like you can wreck okay. on that and say, "Yo, I, I heard that crowd get behind me, and I realized, you know, that's who I'm fighting for." Boom, done. Yeah. So maybe here's the thing: I might see. What if Frankie tries to cheat, mm. and and Scorpio gets mad at Frankie? Can, can I ask another question? How is Frankie Kazarian next in line for a TNT title shot? Has that guy won a match on TV ever? No, like, he 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 usually wins on dark and dark elevation. Right, like I, I understand that dark is there yeah. for win loss records, and I understand the rankings are there, but there has to be, I don't know. I think you have to present something on TV and not just assume everyone's watching your YouTube show. I think it's just used as like a a mechanism for right. an excuse for a match, right? Which is okay. Like yeah. it's just odd know. though when a guy who's like, oh, he's the number one contender. Uh, he hasn't won on Dynamite in nine months. You know, like that. That's... I don't even follow the standings, right? Like, the the contendership standing. Right. I never do because they're kayfabe. Like right. I could literally write one up and put Pretty Peter Avalon as the number one contender for the AEW World Championship. So right. we get Pretty Peter Avalon and Hangman Page. That's all. Well, then you got stuff like the Gun Club's like eighty two and zero or something weird like that. You know, Colton <laughs> like... Gun. I I literally said this and I had to write this down because I could not believe it. Uh. Colton Gunn is 48 and 6. <laughs> 48 and 6. <laughs> what? That's, that's about 50 too many matches, I think. It's just like when Cincinnati went undefeated two years in a row, then they play Alabama and get an ass whooping. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> or like UCF. Remember how UCF was undefeated all the time? Yep. Yep. Yeah. So, but um, but no. Anyways, like, yeah, like, is it a good? Ex- I mean, that that kind of speaks to the whole point of the TNT title, and I kind of have. I'll play the devil's advocate. So, a lot of people look at that as like you know all bad, all things bad in wrestling. They tag Russo on it, so they're like, oh, it's just a prop. It's not you know, it's just a belt. It's not something like secondary titles are not supposed to be. Um, treated as important as a world title that's why they're secondary so you have the you you can be more arbitrary with it you can throw it around you could slap it on this person you could flip it back and forth to um create drama within a feud and such and such and i understand that if you do it too many times that it does start to devalue that championship my only my here's the part where i'll play the devil's advocate the one thing about AEW. Is that there's no brand split, it's all encompassed. Even the ROH guys are wrestling AEW guys at this point, and you have so many good wrestlers in the mid card that if you just have Sammy Guevara hold the TNT Championship for like seven months, would it make Sammy Guevara one of the four pillars feel more significant compared to the other mid carders? Sure, but it would. I don't know. I do think that there is. I do think that there is value in being able to swap the belt around between yeah, a agree. lot of these other guys. And I understand to... that there's, it's just like we were talking about with Hangman and his title defenses, how few he's had. Like, there's a delicate balance of like, okay, you're you're flipping the title around too much. Or, oh, you know what? I like the fact that they put the, they're giving a chance to this guy. Right. You know, well, I, it's, think, it's, I, th- it's I think del- what you're saying, too, is there's a difference between, you know, using the title to build someone – you know, like a title win can build someone versus 
a title reign builds someone at so many other people's expense. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like you could, yeah, you could have Sammy have an iron grip on it, but that's going to come at the expense of five, six, seven other guys who might be hot at just the wrong time because they got popular with the crowd at the wrong time. You know, right? Um, I call that Hollywood blonde syndrome. Right. Exactly. Yeah. You know. So I, I, I get what you're saying. I think, and I think it in a way it makes the world title seem even more prestigious, you know, that not anybody can just win that, you know? Um, yeah. I, I, I get what you're saying. There is some trepidation too. Like you don't want to make it like every two weeks, this thing changes hands, but you know, um, I'm okay with it still, but I wouldn't mind, you know, seeing the, the swapping cool down a little bit, you know, like, yeah, like a month like with between it. Between two people and just flipping it back and forth yeah. like that. Like, maybe you could put it on a compilation one day about, oh, this epic rivalry where they traded the belts. Like, sure. I remember Orton and Cena did this, where they flipped the world, the title on each other, like, four or five times, like, three months in a row. Yeah. And it was to a point where I was like, I don't even remember who the champion is. Now, right. that's the part that the fan, that everybody would agree is not good. Right. Like, yeah. I like waking up, turning on the, the AEW show, and I know, oh, this is the champion. Yeah. This is the TNT champion. This is the TBS champion. That's that's the one. That now, if it's Jade Cargill and your women's division, and let's be face it, Jordan Slim Pickens. Sure. Like I get it. Like you, I understand building up something for a young green wrestler, literally that um <laughs> that is trying to learn and needs to build herself up, and there, there'll be a huge payoff if you stay patient and keep the title on that person. Mm-hmm. Um. I know some people say, well, the person, the title's not supposed to make the person. Yeah, Sometimes but it, it does, though. Does yeah. yeah, right. Like, the only <laughs> thing about Cody Rhodes that really aggravated me was that, because he was involved with the TNT, he had this situation with Sammy as well, where he won it off of Sammy, and then Sammy won it back off of him, is that he was basically talking about how, man, wins and losses matter, and I did not want to be a gatekeeper wrestler when he did the Steve Austin interview. Dude, you won the TNT title three fucking times. <laughs> right. I, and not only that, you talk about a gate. Uh, okay, I don't want to be a gatekeeper wrestler. Okay, well, you're a stopgap wrestler. Right, then you're, you're a get-my-win-back wrestler. You're because... holding up these freaking this TNT championship, and you literally... Dude, I mean, Jordan, like, we talk about this all the time. Like... It's it's at a point where you're pushing the door and the door is literally bending like a circle. There's so many freaking wrestlers ready to move up the upper echelon. You I just know? thought of something. I just thought of something, Andrew. Mm-hmm. If it's the AEW Galaxy, yes. would it would the term be a gatekeeper or would that would Cody's role be the guardian of the galaxy? Well, okay, so if Cody was the gatekeeper Stardust Lord Who was the key master? <laughs> There is no Cody. Oh, the key master. There is the no Cody, only Zool. <laughs> there is no Cody, only Zool. Is that QC Marshall? <laughs> oh, man, they should, if they would have had Brandy Rhodes turn into Zool, I think she might have actually gotten over. Paige oh, Van Zandt could be Zool. Now, that, 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 that nightmare thing she tried didn't work. No, not at all. Oh, that still might be the worst angle of all time. Oh, I, it's, it's definitely the low point in this company's history. Like, yeah. Yeah. But no, I, I I didn't want to turn this into Cody Slander. It's too easy. I actually saw him have a really good match with Seth Rollins. So, hey, good for him. The only thing that's funny about Cody 
is that I don't want to go out of my way and say, like, oh, man, he's the best wrestler WWE has already. I, won't, I ain't going to say that. It's all about how you're presented. Um, they have other amazing wrestlers, too, in that company that don't get their just due or don't get what they deserve. But for Cody to come in there and have, like, amazing, really good matches in WWE, and he was like, and people were like, man, he's so much better. I'm like, and I'm watching it, I'm like, no, man, he's the same. That's the same Cody Rhodes I saw on Dynamite and Rampage. What does that say about AEW's roster? That's what I was thinking when right. I was, you know, thinking about that. Yeah, because Cody felt like he was two steps behind everybody when he left. That yeah, was my two steps. And, and I, and I, again, I, I keep saying I'm not trying to besmirch him. I know it's easy, but like, it, like I don't, I don't think you don't want a person in that spot to like just hold up the title forever and like this is my angle. So right. once somebody comes in, they're going to have to wrestle me, but I'm going to beat them because I need to be the TNT champion. Yeah, to I'll, I'll let them squash me, but I'll win the final match. That's Yeah, that's and, I'll, and I don't think that, Sammy is that kind of person to get really selfish and say, no, nah, I'm not losing tonight. Now, if CM Punk and Brian Danielson wanted, or John Moxley wanted to do that, they could get away with it. That's why, and I think you said this on the last show, and it's very, um, it's very important that, you know, laying down for somebody and being willing to give more in order to put somebody over, whether you win or lose, is very, very important to the narrative of the company. Like, that's where it really becomes important. Yeah. So, yeah, Scorpio's guy's going to be a baby face. <laughs> <laughs> and with Dan Lambert, like, he doesn't he doesn't really have that baby face vibe. No, he's like, going like, to split. He's going to split from them. I grew up in Baltimore, and I hate this place. Yeah, he's, I'm like, dude, you're in your own town running it down? No, it seems like he's going to split from them, and the question would be is if Lambert stays with Paige, or Paige goes off on his own. Do they just write it off? Is he kind of uh, past, you know, his expiration date? Because to me, he kind of like he doesn't get that heat that he used to. Like he still gets reactions, but you know, when we first started doing the show, like a, you know, close to a year ago, Dan Lambert was getting like the the loudest reactions of anybody on the show, which is kind of wild to say. But he like because he was doing the Jim Cornette vibe, right. he was and doing cr- that old crowds school... were just going nuts for him, and I, you down he, he could yeah. still get reactions with the cheap heat, but. I don't know. Maybe maybe this is a perfect time to you know get rid of Lambert for a while. You know, maybe not permanently. You got him in your back pocket. It's a nice little card to play later. I don't think Ethan Page needs him. Ethan Page. I mean, gosh, when Ethan Page got on the mic and started trashing Frankie, he showed that he doesn't need a manager to talk for him. Ethan Page is fine on his own. Um, and also, all ego. Uh, and I say this in a complimentary way. It is so hard to like him. Like, oh yeah, he's a douche. Even yeah. even when he's like saying things that sort of can get a pop from the crowd. Um, it you're still like, man, that dude is mean. <laughs> and Paige Van Zandt doesn't reek of a baby face no. either. So when she gets the pop, when she attacks Ty Conti, I was like, no. Yeah, like, she's been missing. I don't, I don't know what's going on with her. Like she did that thing and she hasn't really been on since. So I, I wonder if she's still just training and they're kind of holding, almost like Hook, where they're holding out until she actually has I, the date. Honestly, make it more I think what they're waiting is I think they don't want to do the Ty Conti thing now because Paige Van, I don't think they want Paige Van Zandt to be the baby face and she will be. So I think mm. they may be waiting for a different, maybe she'll be the Joker. Who knows? I don't know. We'll get to that in a couple seconds. But uh, to say that Ethan Page is acts like a douche, but he's not one, uh, cool little story. Uh, your friend and mine, Brad Woodling, uh, place to be nation's own. Uh, uh, he has a local hobby shop, and when AEW came to Philadelphia a couple weeks ago, Ethan Page came with his vlog uh, and a couple other wrestlers. I know Evil Uno was there. 
Uh, gosh, who else was there? But they stopped at Brad's shop. I think I showed you that, correct? Dante Martin is a comic book fan, so yeah. I wonder... I said comic shop, a, a board game shop, a hobby shop. Okay, yeah. okay. Yeah, did I send you, did I tell you about that through text? You did tell it to me. Yeah, very, you very did. cool. You, you, know? you showed me a picture, right? Uh, unfortunately, Brad didn't get to be there, but here's what I want to say. We're going to break, we're going to break some news. Are you ready? Okay. Brad claims he wasn't there, but I've never seen Brad and Evil Uno in the same place. And I've never seen Evil Uno with his mask off. <laughs> well, I, have we just I, cracked I, the code? <laughs> <laughs> well, don't break the code. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> yeah. but um, yeah, like uh, maybe. Yeah. I mean, he's is 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 Evil Uno from Philadelphia? I don't know. I mean, has he ever done a podcast with me listing his four favorite video games? Maybe nobody's on Twitch all the time. I know, I'm telling you, I think Brad Woodley is evil Uno. I, it all makes sense, dude. <laughs> it all makes sense. Oh, my God. So, Brad, if you're listening, your secret is safe with us and all of our listeners, including Tony Khan. All right. <laughs> Tony, we know you're out there. We know it. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I'm not going to say anything. Yeah. All right, let's, let's move on. <laughs> Next topic, uh... So last episode we talked about uh, the Warner Discovery merger. By the way, let me just say this. Uh, I wanted to say something, and this is a perfect time to say it. If you're sitting here listening, wondering what promo we're talking about with this Ethan Page stuff, it's probably because it happened on the Rampage that nobody watched. There was a Rampage yes. that aired at 5.30 Eastern time uh, because yes. of the NBA playoffs. It probably got terrible, terrible ratings. I didn't check. But man, yeah, let me um I got I got it on the side. Hold while on. you're looking that up, let me tell you though, that was an awesome episode of Rampage. We had um uh, a really good promo there with the Frankie in the in the the men of the year type deal. We had a women's tag match with Britt and JB Hader taking on Tony Storm and uh, Ruby Soho and Ruby didn't embarrass herself. Uh, a really awesome match with the DDT guy. Uh, I can't I can't call him anything but take a shit at anymore. <laughs> but, but he made invented with Jay Lethal. That match was Jay great, dude. I will give Jay Lethal his opponent credit in the Mark Henry hype up package. He made sure to say his name three times. Yeah. I guess to go over how to pronounce it, yeah. and it's Takshta. Yeah, <laughs> But but that, that match was awesome, dude. That was really it was very good, match. good. There was this. Oh my god, there was a move that was so it was dangerous, but. That they executed a lariat off the top rope. Yeah. And then Riho wrestled Yuka Sakazaki. Yep. And freaking Yuka Sakazaki gives Riho a flatliner from the top yeah. rope. Oh, <laughs> that what? was nuts, dude. I thought they died. They, they actually won the – if you watch that, like, the crowd started to come alive for those two. And I thought, oh, these two are out here to die. Like, it's a rampage taping after Dynamite, and it's and, a Riho – And I got to give them credit, too. And just, like, we were kind of joking about Hangman, Hangman and CM Punk about how, like, one of the true intrigues is, like, the suspense of not really knowing who the real winner is going to be is that Rio and Yuka Zakazaki, that was to qualify for the Yeah, Owen. you know Rio's oh, going to win that, yeah. But, like, the near falls oh, are yeah. phenomenal. Like, who do you think is the greatest, like, shoulder-up wrestler ever? Kurt Angle. Kurt Angle? Yeah. Adam Cole is really good at it. <laughs> yeah, Adam Cole's pretty good. But Kurt Angle... And, uh, and The Rock. And the reason why I love The Rock is that he just lifts the arm up. Yeah, when I when I think of 2.999, like, on a kick out, I think of Kurt Angle, though. Awesome. Yeah, yeah I was thinking about that, too. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, Rio, and, Rio had a really good one, so he, she's in the Owen. That Rampage was good. Yeah. The rating was not. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it was, uh... It was a, uh, they got 290,000 uh, in terms of total viewers, which is <laughs> by far the lowest, yeah. and um, got a uh, .11, 18 to 49, yeah. the mm -hmm. lowest rating they've ever had on Rampage. Right. 
but I mean, it's basically aired at dinner time. So, and yeah. th- this episode that's coming out, you know, the day of our of this episode, uh, they've been announcing it as a special time, and I don't think they even know it's when they're going to get It's around five-ish. Yeah, I don't it's, think it's they gonna know. It's going to be around five my time, six your time. Because they're six really handcuffed time. to the NBA playoffs and what, what games are happening. And, and the and NHL playoffs, too. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. I forget the NHL is on TNT now, so... Yeah, but. so they, they kind of are hamstrung by that. And then the same thing is going to probably happen to Dynamite during baseball yeah. on TBS. Yeah. So, I mean, at least Dynamite got away from this mess if they stayed on TNT. So that move actually wound up working in their favor. Some of the ratings for Dynamite I don't think is really worth deep diving into. But the, the ratings have been just, like, kind of okay-ish. They've had some lows. Yeah, a little dips. But, um... But WWE coming off of WrestleMania has had a couple of lows of their own, um, probably just due to like kind of like that post-mania type of malaise of like, all right, we kind of seen everything. Let's kind of get off of it for a while. Also, the NBA playoffs, like you mentioned, is they're bouncing back in the ratings and having really good. Well, ones, the so. playoffs have been very good in the NBA. I don't know about the NHL, but the NBA playoffs have been excellent for me, like not just good basketball, but good drama, too. You know what I mean? Like yeah, that, that Celtics series, big names. Uh, big live feuds, crowds like, again like the grizzlies yeah. the grizzly warriors series like it's personal and it's chippy i i think what's been proven jordan and i i think this is just in general another weird thing and i don't think it's what we're talking about is that formula one racing because of netflix having a reality show about it Ooh. is like they're like having a resurgence really? i don't know what's going on with that formula one racing yes is that like but anyways, mario andretti is that yeah mario andretti but they have like a new younger generation of guys hmm. that are sort of kind of catching the eye of a lot of viewers now because they were watching some like reality series on Netflix about um called Drive to Survive and it's gotten and you know that maybe that speaks to sort of the what we're talking about with Warner and Discovery cuz the story is that yeah. because Rose of the Lead Top is dead that. yeah they're going to go into a they, it's probably Meltzer said it's probably going to be a reality show uh-huh yeah so we'll see yeah so i mean basically look kind of like a breaking ground on WWE network but um is what I what I would hope for. And you and I had texted. I said if it's anything like Rose at the Top, check me out. Like I don't care about that. I don't Here's care about Miss and Misses because those are so fake. You know. Yes. Here's my guess. I think it's a Darby Allen stunt show. <laughs> like Darby Allen is jackass. Type Correct. Thing. Like uh, like um Rob Di- Dry Dry what's his name? Dry Dry Deck Durdeck. Yeah, kind of like that. Yeah. What's that show called? It's on MTV all day Nightmare long. Nightmare something. Oh, I was thinking of something else. Uh ridiculousness yeah ridiculousness that's what i was thinking of <laughs> that was the one that during quarantine if you looked at the mtv guide it, it was, was odd like 22 ridiculous. hours out of 24 hours <laughs> <laughs> speaking of which like th- that was the only weird feeling i got when i was watching that rampage that you talked about mm-hmm. and i did want to bring this up is that did you have those times as a kid when maybe you were sick from school or maybe it was just a, sl- a boring summer day and it was like 2 o'clock in the afternoon and you were watching some really random 80s movie on Showtime or something? Oh, yeah. And you, and you had that thought in your head of like, I might be the only person in America watching this. Yeah. <laughs> that was the feeling I got watching Rampage. Well, you weren't alone. I watched it with you. So it might have been you and me. <laughs> you, me, and about 200 88,992 other people. Right. I mean, to put that in perspective, like, that's a big number, like, just as a number. But basically that many people watched WrestleMania weekend live. You know what I mean? Like, like, WWE had more people in attendance than watched Rampage. That's that's three Michigan home games. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, I mean, it's... 
and it's a thing like I don't think that it's like anything where like oh man what are they gonna do I don't think there's any worry I think that AEW and TNT and TBS know like you know when you when you throw something way out of its time slot it's gonna it's gonna suffer you know WWE would suffer as well if it was you know they had a taped like show that. and yeah. they suffered because of it yeah. yes so but anyways uh, yeah AEW is in talks with this merger uh, of uh, like another show on TBS in a reality based show, according to Meltzer, which could go in a few different directions. Like we had the Cody Rhodes over the top, uh, the roads to the top. That's not my style, like a total divas type thing. That's like manufactured. That's not really what I'm interested in. I would love like when they produce those like road to dynamites. Like if you watch the, the FTR interviews before they had their singles match. A show like mm-hmm. that, oh my gosh, man. I don't know how it would do. The only the only issue would, would be, are you going to wear the production team thin? Right. That would be the only issue right. is like, you're already working these guys a lot doing. Because they still I mean, do being the elite too, like the YouTube. Yeah, show. they do BTE. By the way, I don't watch BTE, but I saw a clip of Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks at a Backstreet Boys concert. <laughs> wow. Now, my wife loves the Backstreet Boys, and she said it's the best concert she's ever been to. So I'm so not judging DSB. Backstreet Boys is Brian Luttrell. And, uh, yeah, AJ, Nick Carter, and them. Yeah, no, and Nick Howie. Carter is AEW All Elite. Nick Carter's All Elite. You heard it here first. <laughs> Everybody is All Elite. Everybody. Is that? Yeah, that's Backstreet's back. All right. That's them. Okay, that's them. Cool. Um, yeah, like look, Alexa, Alexa Bliss, who just came back, she's got Ryan Cabrera. They got in sync. You know, Kenny's got the Backstreet Boys. Right. <laughs> but um, yeah, I mean, is Kenny feeling good enough to like maybe now that his concert going, maybe kind of get in the itch? I right. don't know. We'll who see. knows? Uh, but if Kenny is looking for stuff to fill his time, uh, a big, big project that's kind of been in the works since AEW launched uh, was recently in the news because. Fight Forever, which is the name of their video game, finally got a teaser video dropped. Um, we got like a one-minute demo, and weirdly, it's a weird choice. They showed Chris Statlander and Nyla Rose. Um, and so, like, some news is coming out. And, Andrew, did you hear the news that, like, apparently there's some, like, tension between AEW and the Ukes, the game company? Have you heard that? I heard a little bit about it, yeah. but I didn't know the particulars. I heard of why. there's some frustration really, there. When I I read I it as a company, yeah, I read it and it said like you know the the reports that Kenny is frustrated with like the lack of development and he feels like because he's a novice in the gaming world, like the gaming industry, that like he's being taken advantage of. I mean, we take all this stuff with a grain of salt, but you know, um, it is what it is. And the, the scary thing would be if they want to jump ship, they'd basically have to scrap and start over completely. So I think they're just going to... So, so if Kota Ibushi is suddenly hired as the game developer for Fight Forever, <laughs> we know who made the choice. Exactly. <laughs> so you're not as much a gamer as me. Um, basically what we got announced is that they're going to have a roster of 50 people, which is about 100 spots too low to have their entire roster. Um, but since it's Ukes... Gaming fans are still holding out hope because, well, we'll get to that when we get to the question bit because, you know, the the mecca of wrestling games is linked in with Ukes and Aki Aki and those engines and things like that. So, Mm -hmm. but we've got some, some news there. Um, What did you, what did you think of the demo? I thought it looked kind of crummy. If I'm being totally honest, I thought it looked a little choppy. Now I was told that they're trying to go with a more like cartoonish look rather than a realistic look. Because the characters, like, their muscles were a little more inflated, you know, like, 
a little bit more uh, comic I remember book-y. the first game that tried the realistic stuff was, like, the WrestleMania game. Yeah, yeah. Um, from the arcade. Yeah. That's the first one where, like, kind of, they tried to do, like, Mortal Kombat. And that's, like, a huge hit. Yeah. Yeah. So and then they then they win with no mercy on the N64 and, yeah. and but then there's also I you know I'm pretty sure Kenny is a big uh, like a lot of wrestling nerds they're probably he's probably a huge fan of um what's Fire, that uh, Fire, uh, Pro. Fire Fire Pro yeah. I'm sure a huge fan of that and that's kind of cartoonish. Well they they know? released a Fire Pro game um like it was right when COVID started so like 2020 and Kenny's okay. on the cover of that like but it's like a New Japan game. But it was released yeah. in America, but well, the, Kenny's the, on it. The thing that's always made Fire Pro, from what I can think, from what I've surmised from reading other people, what's made it evergreen is that it's like a computer internet game, so you can constantly yep. update the move sets and yep. the you characters. can create anyone in any match type that's like ever existed. Essentially, yeah, a game, a game like this, like like Fight Forever, it's like a movie. Once it's done, it's done. Yeah, you can't change it. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, listen. They don't have a big bar to to come over to be better than the WWE games. Like I have the I have the most current WWE game, and it's a drastic improvement from the last one. That's because the last one was so bad that like there was rumors that WWE is gonna like pull up pull away from 2K because their last game was like the worst wrestling game ever. I just played. find it interesting, like you know, you hear this about Madden and NBA 2K, of like man, this one was worse than the others. And you know, my wrestling soulmate Ryan, like he'll tell, he'll explain to me, like yeah. that is a good question, but this is the reason why things like this happen, where certain things because they take away certain modes that fans like and yep. they don't want to expand on, and they go another direction, and. I don't know, I, but I just don't understand, Jordan. Like, if you have the formula, why change it? Yeah, you know, that's, that's what, that's I, what I don't get. Like, I mean, w- w- when we get to our question section, one of the questions I'll just tell you now is you asked what's the best wrestling game of all time, and it, we go back to the Nintendo 64, and I don't know why someone hasn't just taken that, copied and pasted it as best they can, and said, here, a new version of the greatest game ever made. You know, like, it seems easy. Maybe it's harder than, than we think. But it seems like an easy thing to do, and I think that's what I thought. That's what Kenny Omega would try to do. Maybe he is. I don't know. We'll get there, but we'll see. But yeah, the, the only experience I ever had with wrestling video games, to be honest, is uh, I did know how to play you WCW NWO Revenge. Mm-hmm. That was an N sixty four game, and I that always was a great game. beat people. I would beat people's ass with Scott Steiner. Oh, dude, that game, that game was great because Scott, Scott Steiner had that like clubbing forearm smash. And he would give you just a release German, a release yep. belly suplex. <laughs> yep. Every, every wrestling game has like a broken character uh, that just kills everybody. There was one guy, I remember my kids, it was like WWE 2K15 or something. I think it was Jake the Snake had like a running knee and it was unblockable. It was like a glitch. Like every move you can reverse or block, and that game, that move was unblockable. I wouldn't play it with my kids. I'm like, no, you guys are just gonna be just sneaking um, me to death. And the other experience is that um, a guy, a friend of mine, gave me money to go to Blockbuster in like 1999 or 2000. He wanted me to rent a game, and I didn't know anything about games, so I rented, um, I rented the ECW game. And it was so bad that he asked me to bring it back and get something. <laughs> would that have been? Would, I think been Anarchy Rules. I think was their game. I think so. Uh, yeah, it, it was really bad. Even me, not being a video game person, was watching it. The watching worst it. wrestling game, Andrew. Let me tell you about this one. WCW, big shock, right? WCW had a game called Backstage Assault, and so like every wrestling game, you know, has the mode where you can go backstage and fight and stuff. But Backstage Assault 
only had brawls that you couldn't actually wrestle in a wrestling ring. <laughs> oh, Vince Russo clearly made this game. <laughs> yeah, it's, it came out in like 99, like during the Russo. Like they made a wrestling game where you couldn't have a wrestling match. Stupidest thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> Was you Morris in the game? <laughs> he might have been. He might have been. Uh, gosh. Uh, I, I mean, he was around. He would have been General Rection, right? Right around that time? Uh, Yeah, Misfits in Action. Yeah, gosh. Yes. I, I know Lash LaRue was in it. Dude, if Lash LaRue was in it, he had to be in it, right? Yes. Gosh, Lash LaRue was in an actual video game. What kind of a world do we live in? <laughs> well, we and need then a new was galaxy. That, then there's that backyard wrestling one. Okay, that game was actually kind of fun. I'm not going to lie. That was the ICP mm-hmm. game. I'm going to look okay. up WCW Backstage Assault roster. Let's see who's <laughs> on that one. Are you saying that AEW's roster is better than the Backstage Assault roster? Uh, it can't be worse. <laughs> okay, here's who was on it. Uh, starting the list off with Asia. Uh, I remember Asia. Bam Bam Vigolo. Okay, that's fine. Big Vito. Wow, so that's when. Okay. So this is 2000. Yeah. This is based off the 2000 Yeah, roster. Big Vito. Bill Goldberg. That's fine. The artist formerly known as Prince Iakea. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see if he was on there. Uh, I don't see him on there. Oh, man. But what we do have Maestro? Corporal Cajun. David David Flair was available. With the crowbar. Yeah. Or the lead pipe. The lead pipe. <laughs> okay. You will never guess this one. Doug Dillinger, head of security. Yes, the security guard with the tucked in collar shirt. <laughs> Who's Mona? Mona. That had to be a game-specific character. Mona. Well, I can click on her name. Oh, oh, uh, Molly Holly when she was Miss Madness. Oh, Mona. Yeah, okay. I thought that was was Big Vito saying, I I got a Bona. (laughs) (laughs) From the Mamalukes. And the Mamalukes. Was that the name? The Mamalukes. Yeah, the Mamalukes. Him and Johnny the Bull. Yeah. Sergeant AWOL? Who was Sergeant AWOL? Sergeant AWOL was the Misfits in action. Was he the wall? Maybe. Maybe. I think he might have been the wall, and he became AWOL. (laughs) Uh, Unlockable wrestlers. So you had to earn these guys. Uh, Brian Adams and Brian Clark, Chronic. Yes. Uh, Chris Candido, Daphne, Crowbar, Don Harris. But not – oh, yeah, Ron Harris as well. Norman Smiley, Lieutenant Loco. (laughs) Yeah, that's um, that's um, that's Chavo Guerrero yep. Jr. Uh, La Parca. Rest in, by the way, rest in peace, Daphne. Yeah, uh, Tank Abbott, Vince Russo. Oh my gosh, what a game! Vince Russo does he have his hockey. Does he have? We've talked about Jason. Does he have that fucking hockey get up on? Did he have the New <laughs> oh, Jersey? Man. I'm trying to see if it had a picture of him from the game. It just takes me to a picture of like his actual face. What a <laughs> stupid game! <laughs> oh my god, that might be my favorite game ever. <laughs> On episode uh, nineteen, no. we'll be we'll do a live play. We'll we'll download an emulator. We're gonna play. W- is it on Game Boy? <laughs> it's gotta be on something, right? Yeah. Gosh, what a game! But you know, there's one person who's listening to this who's probably saying that was my favorite game. I'm not listening to this podcast. Yeah, Doug, it's Doug Dillinger. That's who's saying. That. <laughs> it's Doug Dillinger. It's Doug Dillinger. Do you think Doug Dillinger has Tony Khan's phone number? <laughs> do you think he's related to Ty Dillinger? Is he uh, Sean Spears' <laughs> dad? Well, they both have a lot of PP in them. That's true. Uh, so and by, the... by PP, I mean pinnacle potential. Of yeah, what's the deal? Let's go to Wardlow for a second because uh, Wardlow uh, 
fought and de- defeated Big Cass uh, W. Morrissey, who, by the way, looked pretty good. Like he great was jacked. Shape. Yeah, he was. Jacked. Now somebody, somebody who's watched him a little bit told me he looks the same. Yeah. I don't think he does. I, I think his arms are bigger. Uh, yeah, and I, he had abs. He had ab definition too. Yes, so, he looked nice. Yeah, and I thought he did a fairly well. I mean, five, six minutes. I saw him in loose. person. He wrestled Moose in the Impact show I went to, and he was good. Like yeah. he, but he definitely toned up a little bit and uh he looked impressive it was only like a four minute match and yeah. i think warlow only beat him with one power bomb. yeah i mean that was a uh, still impressive looking though mm-hmm. um and then warlow snapped on the security guards really cool spot where he lays out all of them and he takes this one runty guy and like awesome bombs him over the top rope into the whole sea of them yeah uh, but I also loved his match with Archer. I thought it was really good. That was really good too. Yeah, Archer. Uh, we talked about pulling out he... crazy moves like Duracaranas and yeah. insult shit. It's kind of cool. He's like, okay, well, I'm the smaller guy, then I'll do this. But um, right. Like talk about like a feud where they've just hit everything like perfect strides, you know. But then the reason I switch to that is because Sean Spears gave a weird promo on that rampage that I told everyone to watch, where he called Wardlow like the giant Wardlow the giant. And, like, his chair is the giant killer. So yes. My guess look, is he's going to beat down Wardlow with a chair of this dynamite that we haven't seen yet. Look, Sean Spears, I get, I, I see him as sort of an old-school storyteller in the ring. Yeah. Almost built on, like, almost kind of like Cody Rhodes was. And also MJF. I think MJF is sort of an old-school. He, he's, he's, he's super unique because he's got... He's very much an old soul in terms of professional wrestling and what he's learned and what he's inspired by. But in terms of his delivery, it's new school. Like yeah. he he knows how to piss you off. Yeah. Like I can't remember some of the things he said. Like about, he's a good um, heel, but I don't see that his potential to be a face though. You know, like he can only be a right. heel. I think. So. No, but he's so good at it. Like the whole <laughs> right. point. It's like Ricky Steamboat. Like if you're gr- if you're so good at a babyface that you can make get people into the building every time being the babyface, mm-hmm. then there's no reason to change. Yeah. And I think that's the same way with MJF as a bad guy. Yeah, like, I agree. He'll never have to change. So, um, speaking of MJF, he kind of nice little transition to uh, something we want to talk about just for a minute in in a future episode. I think we're going to dedicate an entire episode to this. Um, but we are kind of hitting on the anniversary of the birth or the brainstorm or the gauntlet thrown down, however you want to put it, of AEW's existence. And that was the Dave Meltzer tweet that really brought all this into existence where he said uh, nobody could sell out a 10,000-seat arena besides WWE. And Cody Rhodes said, all right, bet. And that led to everything, which led to that first show all in. And in that first match on the main show, MJF got beat <laughs> by but, by Matt by Cross. Me, guess who? Yeah, by Matt Literally Cross. Who? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, Andrew, uh, you just watched it this past week again, right? Yes, I did. Yeah, and so we talked about, and I think we should do this. I think it'd be really cool. Maybe bring in a third person in the booth or something. Uh, yeah. Maybe, maybe in September. I don't know. Or you know, if we have an episode, uh, we want to do a, like a live rewatch together. Uh, yeah, we need an, an Ian. We need our Ian Riccoboni in here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So uh, it, it's kind of interesting when you look at this card, though. The people that were on there uh, doesn't feel that long ago, but man, there's a, a list of who's who. Like, okay, uh, the the over the budget battle royal, which you know your mileage may vary. Um, what do you think of that match? 
I didn't like it. Yeah, there's a lot of a lot of people really liked it, and I thought it was just okay. Well, I mean, Flip Gordon was like this darling at the time, and uh, to say that people have (laughs) have changed their opinion on Flip Gordon is like the understatement of the year, right? So, ah, he's disappeared. Yeah, uh, is he a firefighter now, like Davy Richards? Well, he's uh, he's fighting something, Uh, fighting for Q, I think is last I heard. But yeah, what, they have like people. They have people that are still in AEW that were part of it. Yeah. I mean, the most notable is probably All Ego, Ethan Page, and um, and Trent Beretta. Yeah, I it. thought it was cool as Punishment Martinez, who of course is now Damian Priest in WWE. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, we'll go over those matches. Uh, Matt Cross beat MJF in the opener. Uh, Christopher Daniels beat Stephen Amell in the celebrity match, which is a pretty good celebrity match from what I remember. I'd have to watch. I actually end. saw his show Heels on. I had a lazy weekend and mm. I watched Heels. It was actually not that bad. I didn't think it was amazing, okay. like, but it it was like the rest of the movie's better. But I thought um I thought it was a good, respectable um depiction of how the pro wrestling scene works. Like I thought it was I thought it was good, yeah, and I thought as a, I thought in this match he was good. Okay. Uh, we had a women's match, Tessa Blanchard beating Britt Baker, Madison Rain, and Chelsea Green. Those are names that are all still kind of That match was actually around. very good. Yeah, those yeah. names are still poking around. Um, Tessa Blanchard probably blew some shots at being something pretty big. Um, yeah. So <clears throat> what do you think is going to get revamped first the, by Jeannie Buss, the Lakers or women of wrestling? <laughs> uh, the Lakers. I'll say the Lakers. Have okay. you watched Winning Time? Uh, I love it. Do you? I love it. I know Jerry West isn't a fan of yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, man, why is he so mad? Then I watched it. I'm like, oh, that's why. Yeah. Well, I saw like a, a sports uh, show. I think it was part of the interruption. They said, you know, a lot of times they do this, and it's kind of common to rewrite history and make somebody a villain, but usually they're dead. You know, that <laughs> Jerry is, West. That, yeah. Jordan, I was thinking the exact same thing. Like, the thing, it's like professional wrestling. Like, yeah. if you did a show, like, I know everybody made fun of Young Rock because they had an episode about how The Rock first got to the WWE, and none of the wrestlers looked like the real wrestlers. Right. Like, the Undertaker looked like a bum. He looked and, like Robert Pattinson. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, like, when, play, when players, former players, like in the NBA, like in the NBA, you know, me and Adam do that show, we're lucky as a society that most of the greatest players ever, which is now 75 <laughs> – Quite a few are passed away. Obviously, Kobe Bryant and others have died um, too soon. But a lot of them are still around. Yeah. So you're there. You remember those moments. You remember yeah. living through that. Like there's a there's a there's a show on Paramount about making The Godfather, and it's like I'm sure people watch that and they're like, that's not that's not how I remembered it, you know. And The Last Dance, I had that moment every now and then. Like oh. The Bulls were big, but they weren't as big as they're making it out to be kind right. of thing. So, like, do, are things sensationalized when you do shows like like a, like a wrestling-centric type of show where you're trying to depict sure. um, The Undertaker or Hulk Hogan or Vince McMahon or CM Punk or John Cena? Like, yeah, like, I, I'm sure that over time we're going to have these different um, shows where these people become legends, but they're living legends. They're still around. Right. So when they get depicted in a way that they find unflattering, yeah, you're going to have the stands coming after you. So if they're, but if like, if all these people were from the 1940s or fifties or whatever, the, whatever biopic you're doing and they're all dead, no one's (laughs) there to say, Hey, I didn't appreciate the way you depicted this person. Well, 
I'm sorry, you're six feet under. You can't really see right. me anymore. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> so I think you have a point there. Yeah. But this women's match was actually good. Tessa won it. And Deanna Perrazzo was actually supposed to be on this show. Yep. And she signed with WWE right before. But she just debuted for AEW like just a week ago. Hmm. Yep. Yeah. Uh, in the headline Dynamite with Mercedes Martinez. for. Did the... you like the fact that it was the main event, her Mercedes? I mean, I I get it. In hindsight, Ray Phoenix and Dante Martin should have main evented. Nothing was going to follow that. What a match! What a whirlwind that was! Yeah, Good like, lord! Like that's I, a I match. Know it's not that, everybody's cup of tea, but that that's a match that I'm like, okay, I have to pay attention to picture in picture for once. You know, <laughs> like yeah. they they would do counters. And here's the thing too: it's like ballet, kind of like Osprey <clears throat> and Ricochet, where if you hit everything perfectly, you can make it look amazing. And that that's what Ray Phoenix and Dante can do on almost yeah. a surreal level. Like like, they can hit moves that are incredibly difficult yeah. that you can't even think, you can't even fathom. They do one where they were on the top and you could tell that Phoenix was talking to Dante to try to like guide him through it so, because it was a really complicated spot where they did a Spanish fly, but they both landed on their feet. Yep, And they both and just kind of turn and look at each other. It was awesome. dude. <laughs> Awesome. So maybe that should have been the close, yeah. right? Yeah, very, very cool. But I do think that Tony Khan's philosophy has almost always been: if there's a title match, it will close the show. Because right, yeah, and and I get that, whatever. But and good um, for Mercedes Martinez; she got yeah. her moment of glory. Yep. Yeah, so, uh, starting to wonder though, what are they doing with Ring of Honor? Because if they don't get anything going soon, it's just it's just more belts. You yeah. Know? Like so. We'll see. Maybe that's another discussion down the road. But uh, So we go back to All In. We had Cody beating Nick Aldis, which was a great, great match. Um, that was for the NWA title, I believe. Yeah, Cody bled. Yep. Uh, Hangman Page beat Joey Janela in a match. I'd have to rewatch because all I, I remember about that. that is the Joey Ryan penis druids, like, which I thought was stupid. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I never liked I Joey under- Ryan. I didn't understand the entire idea of, like, oh, he murdered Joey Ryan on being the elite. And, like... Yeah, like, I don't know. Some was, some of those some of those BTE skits that they did in between. Maybe it's just something that went over my head. It's like well, Monty it's Python. definitely like something to. And Danhausen is a good example of me being wrong. There's something to like stuff that works on the smaller indies. Just is never going to translate to bigger, larger crowds. And like I think Joey Ryan is an example of that. Like I, I remember that he him showing up at that night got a pop. But there's no way Joey Ryan's character could have been like a weekly character that would have been sustainable. Like for WWE, right. perfect example was Adam Rose. Like Adam Rose in NXT. You remember with the what were those the, the, the Rosebuds? Yeah, like that was a cool little thing. Like he wasn't like this top tier. You guy. know what's hilarious? Half of those Rosebuds are now main eventing these shows. <laughs> yeah, like was it Braun Strowman one of the biggest ones? Right, right. Yeah, so. I I always heard the bunny was Tyson Kidd, but I don't know. I never got that. Oh confused. yeah, okay. Maybe somebody can tell me. Yeah, but like that's a perfect example of like it really did well with the NXT crowds, and they tried it out. And, like, people love to say, oh, Vince ruined everything. I don't think Vince ruined that. I think that was just a thing that wasn't going to work on a large scale. Right. Um, and Sometimes not it does. doesn't hit right, yeah. you know? You know? So, so, And that's why I think Danhausen succeeding so far is surprising. Because if you were to ask me, I would have thought Danhausen is one of those. He's good on a small level, but I don't think it would translate. I'll give, I'll give and I'm you wrong. Another one that works. I'll give you another one that works on a small level, but it just doesn't work on a bigger black machismo. That's yeah. another one. Yeah. Where, like, yeah, that's kind of funny, but please stop doing it over and over right. again. Right. Yeah, stop wooing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> speaking of Black Machismo, he was on that first show, and he beat Flip Gordon, who had won that um, battle royal earlier on. And 
Uh, Jay Lethal beat him. Uh, Kenny Omega beat uh, Pentagon uh, in that match, which is a I remember That's that being a great one. match. I'd have to rewatch that. That uh, was the match that reminded me the most of AEW. I okay. looked at it like, where's the connective tissue? Where is the part where it really is like it has the vibe of what all elite wrestling has become from me watching it over and over. And to be honest, Jordan, like as I watched it, I couldn't find it for a long, long time until this match. Yeah. And then I was like, that's AEW right yeah. there. Even with the with the post-match debut of a guy. Like, I know it's almost like a trope, oh, AEW debut, guys. But this is where Jericho debuted, you know? That was legit, like, holy shit. Yeah. 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 Um, Okada, uh, Marty Skrull. I like your notes here. Um, I don't think I remember this. So Skrull infamously went way too long in the match, which cut the main event short because they had to close at a certain time for pay-per-view. And it severed the friendship with the Elite. I did not. I don't think I ever knew that. Like, I knew it was a long yeah. match, but I didn't know that... Him going I, they, long they might still be buds now. Yeah. Now Marty Skrull later on in years later got accused of um, sexual stuff. assault. Yeah, yeah. yeah so they, there's other there were other reasons why that Skrull kind of got blackballed. But um, and he wasn't going to be somebody that uh, Tony Khan was willing to pick up anyway. Sure. But um, because he wound up with NWA, I believe, and then he became like the booker for Ring of Honor. Like yeah, he basically right. got like a Godfather deal to stay there yep. because Hangman Page left and the Bucks. Everybody did, yeah. And it was just him, right. the villain. So, so uh, the main event, which the main event was, oh, that was, was crazy. Going, this got it going, and yeah. it goes twelve minutes. Yeah, at twelve minutes, and it felt like fifty-five. You know what I mean? Like in all the right ways, like because they just packed so much stuff in there. Is the Bucks, uh, Coda, Rey Mysterio, Ray Phoenix, and Bandito. Um, just a wild match, there was so. there was a part where the where Bushi and Mysterio had a showdown and the crowd goes nuts. Yeah, like I was like, oh, okay, this Abushi, man, we you know we can talk about Forbidden Door a little bit in a second, but like you got to get them on. I know. Well, I mean, it just opens up so many possibilities of matches with yeah, Bushi. Yeah, you know? yeah. Also, Ray Mysterio with WWE a month later. Yeah. So WWE was not interested in Ray Mysterio for four years. Yeah, because I think he left in 2015, <laughs> and then he does this show. Oh, Ray, we'll bring you back. Yep. <laughs> yep. Kind of weird. Yeah, interesting how that works. But, uh, yeah, I mean, we went over that because uh, it was May 16th uh, was the infamous Dave Meltzer tweet, the, you know, the the ship that launched a thousand wars or whatever the phrase is, you know. Yeah, it was five years ago. Yeah. And, um, but the show actually happened Labor Day, around Labor Day weekend of um, 2018. Yeah. So it happened like a year later. Yep. So, and I mean, if you've never seen it, I would encourage you, listener, to do yourself a favor, go watch All In. Not because it's like this, oh, every match crushes it, because some of the matches stink, some of it stinks. Um, but because it's just like, it's, it'll go down in history as a landmark historic show. Um, I think it already is, and the longer AEW succeeds, the more important this show becomes in the history of pro wrestling. Um, so, yeah. Hindsight being, hindsight being 2020. There are certain things you'd see, like Excalibur was the best announcer. Mm -hmm. That's no disrespect to Ian Rakaboni and Don Callis. They they did okay. Yeah. But Excalibur was better. Like uh, I I think I think even Tony could realize, man, Excalibur needs to be taking the lead on some of these announced teams if I wind up running a company. Um, The other thing was that Ring of Honor had a good roster, but with even if the elite had stayed, it was not sustainable. Like, right. I don't think they were going to be able no. to keep selling, selling out. Or well, their production was never, their production values were never there. The graphics in the show was really bad. And at that point, you've got, and fair or unfair, you've got a 20-year history of being small-time. 
So to take that leap to big time is almost impossible because you're always going to have a legion of fans that just view you as small time. And I know that sounds odd, but that's how people's brains work. You know, Ring of Honor yeah, was Cody always was, uh, uh, in the lead on this one, too, with the Bucks. Yeah. So he had an, he had envisioned certain things that he wanted. And that's why him going you know back is not shocking because he wanted that presentation. He wants the glossiness. Mm-hmm. He wants the sports entertainment. Yep. So. If he can mix wrestling in it, classic wrestling in it, and st- and legitimize it within the sports entertainment sphere, that's awesome. But you know, for for the AEW people that are still there, I feel like that is the backbone of AEW. Right. Like Kenny and the Bucks. Like that. Like I felt like watching that show. I was like, man, this is kind of a bore. Yeah, that was okay. Then you start seeing those AEW mainstays pop up on the mm-hmm. card of, of all in, and you're like, all right, that was good. Yep. Oh, that was really good. Yep. Like, you know who, you know where the secret sauce was. It was right. the elite. The right. moment they left Ring of Honor, Ring of Honor was dead. Yep. Yep. And Ring of Honor, like, never built anyone else up. Like, I know there's people who kind of think the elite were scummy for leaving Ring of Honor high and dry. Ring of Honor had years to build anyone else up to, to, be on their level and they didn't they failed like matt Taven and that's what guy. happened with new japan too because yeah. new and new japan's was inherent like you you don't want to have a uh what do they call them gaijin or gaijin gaijin yeah yeah you can't have gaijin just be your champions forever so right. the young folks want to be the tag champs and they're like no we got evil and um who is his partner i'm I, i'm forgetting uh, name. sonata sonata and yeah. evil like no they're the champs they yeah. need to be the champs. We're pushing them. So the Bucks are like, no, we, okay, then if you don't value us that much, we have to leave. And I, they were kind of stuck between a rock and a hard place, talking about New Japan. Right. But now they're kind of coming back to the negotiation table with AEW to the point that they made an accord to do the, the show. And whew, right. <laughs> I was in touch with Steve Willie. So Steve, our bud, the conscience of place to be nation, he's, um, does he live now in, in Illinois? No, he's still he in Wisconsin. He's still Wisconsin. But it's, but it's he, just a short drive for him. So he's familiar. He's been to the shows in Chicago many, yeah. many times. Oh, I've been to a Chicago show with him, yeah. I'm mm-hmm. going to tell you, this is the most nervous I have ever heard him trying to buy a ticket to a wrestling show. <laughs> yeah. This thing was – We, I asked you kind of almost um, naively, like, do you think it's going to sell out? And you said, oh, yeah, without even yeah. blinking. Yeah. And I thought I, – I was reserved. I wasn't like the guy on Forbes magazine who seems to shit on AEW every chance he gets. Right. Where it's like, huh, they're not going to sell. New Japan is New Japan is like getting 0.018 to 49s on Access, Access TV and such and such. But here's what here's what he doesn't understand. To me, when it comes to and, – and also vice versa with American wrestlers, New Japan in the United States like kerosene. Mm-hmm. And these American promotions, especially depending on – which like what kind of talent you have on that promotion they are the match and when you light it and you i mean kerosene by itself is just a nasty yucky substance once you put fire to it now now you're cooking with kerosene (laughs) so like the the thing with new japan is like yeah do they have people like okada tanahashi naito takahashi um kota ibushi they have incredible wrestlers who have six stars Seven stars. I don't know how many more stars Meltzer wants to give them. They have amazing matches, but if they go by themselves to the United States and they try to do like a show in Dallas, Texas, or New York, they're probably not going to sell it out. If you put them with like AEW or Ring of Honor back then, now you're going to fill the building up. So people were kind of like curious to see how much hype was going to go into the ticket sales when the on sale day came this past week with AEW New Japan Forbidden Door and huh. 
Grand opening, grand closing. Yep. <laughs> yep. Steve Willie did luck into two tickets, but uh, congrats if you got them because they're gone. You know, um, you're going to have to buy How them. How many is that? Is that, is that 15000 I don't know. I, I'm not sure. Uh, I have no idea. The United Center is a really nice. It's an, it's an older arena, but it is swank. Yeah. Like, you can fill that puppy up big time. You know what I would say? is kind of disingenuous, too, like, about this guy who mocks NX or uh, New Japan's TV ratings. Now, granted, I don't watch New Japan on TV anymore, but when I did watch it, they would air stuff like, okay, right now it's May, in the middle of May. They would Their TV, their American TV show would be showing stuff from, like, January. So they're showing stuff like, right now they'd be showing, like, uh, Wrestle Kingdom. Right. So, like, the real New Japan fans aren't tuning into the weekly shows. They've already seen this stuff. You know, I think just, it's more based off reputation. I agree. Yeah. Like, and that's my that's how. And I watch a lot of pro wrestling, like you do, and like, and I've watched a lot of <laughs> Japanese wrestling in my years, and I watch a lot of New Japan wrestlers based on reputation. Like, so you hear about um, Shingo, that yep. Shingo, Shingo is sort Takagi. of like stepping up, and he's yep. become like a big star. So when I watch him now, I'm like, okay, I heard you're great. Let's see what you got. And if you have this great match with like a Will Ospreay or a Jay White, then wow, okay, you've earned your stripes, you know. The true greats are like, you know, the Kenikobashis and the Tanahashis and the Okadas who they go out there against anyone. It doesn't matter whether it's the United States, it's Japan, it's the Philippines, it don't matter where it is, and they just have a freaking humdinger of a match. Like those are the great great ones and I'm curious to see which ones New Japan supplies. I mean, if I had to guess Jordan, I'm probably going to think they're going to bring them all. I I would think so too. I mean, yeah. like Let's be real. New Japan wouldn't mind getting some of that AEW buzz. I don't think either. You know, um, I agree because their their promotion in terms of the bigger scope of wrestling. And granted, we're only the American audience. Uh, New Japan's kind of lost some of that buzz, and if they can get some of it back, they'll. they'll why not? I mean, and they got hurt by COVID later in yeah, the year than, than all the other countries, so they need a bit of a spark. Now, yeah. does that mean that AEW will go to Wrestle Kingdom? That's complicated. I don't okay. know how that's going to work. You know, we'll see. I mean, we got Wheeler Yuta is going to be in the best of the Super Juniors tournament, so we might see somebody in the Ooh, I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah, okay. he's in the Super Juniors. Um, so he's probably going to be missing from AEW TV for a couple weeks. Daniel least. Garcia won the PWG Championship. Did he really? He did. Oh, wow. Okay. Who, now, was PWG Speedball Mike, is that Speedball Mike Bailey was the champ, right? Uh, I don't know. I think. I think Malachi Black and Brody King were the PWG tag champs. They were for a while. Yeah. Hmm. By the way, let's talk about that. Okay, there's a perfect transition. Uh, Brian Pillman sucks. <laughs> Julia Hart sucks. Like, dude, I love House of Black, but man, they got to they gotta get Why moving on to something. Why did they not turn her heel right then and there? I know. It's like... Don't get it. They have dragged this horrible thing with the Varsity Blondes out so long, and it's like... The House of Black is awesome. Like, give them something. I, I almost wonder... I read today... Uh, I can't remember where I read this. I read that the trio's belts were made. Tony Khan says like the trio's that belts have already true. been made. And, and maybe belts they're waiting for Kenny it. Omega, but a trio's tournament, oh my gosh, that might be the most excited I'd be about this company. Because you'd have House of Black, you got the Death Triangle, you got the so, Elite. So wait a minute. So wait, if they, if they have trio's belts, if the Blackpool Combat Club win them, you know <laughs> that they're going to write BCC and blood on the belts. Yep, like the old NWO spray paint. <laughs> and dude, let me tell you, I can tell you this from experience. Blood is hard to come off. Oh, yeah. Like... I can't tell you why I know that. 
<laughs> but God, the trios. Like, I mean, you could do so many combinations. Oh, you could I even know. do comedy trios. You yeah. Know? Yeah, you really could. Um, but yeah, that's just my little frustration is like, I still enjoy the House of Black when they appear, but they seem a little rudderless right now. Like, they just and I are don't bullying this loser group over and over. YouTube hits are amazing. Like, yeah. you know, and I mean, I, I will talk a little bit of Satnam Singh. He did show up just sort of as background fodder for um, Jay Lethal and Sanjay Dutt, but yeah. he had interactions with Orange Cassidy, and that got by far the most hits. Yeah, that was pretty fun. So, like, so he I, – I, maybe it's trolls, like, watching it so that they can comment like you had mentioned, but people are paying attention. Yeah, they don't and, care. And viewing his videos. Now, kind of speaking to what we talked about on the last show about how Singh got uh, – how Singh sort of got rolled out there to die – that definitely happened with Brian Pillman Jr. with that promo. Yeah. Like, that, too long. I'm gosh darn delivered. I don't get it. I just then, didn't get it. And then Julia Hart goes to hit him with a chair, and I think you're supposed to be sympathetic, and the crowd is like, yes, hit him, kill him. <laughs> like, well, not only that, you knew she wasn't going to do it, because, and this is just very technical, stupid stuff. She was holding it the wrong way. Right. Yeah, so I you don't want to hit someone with the hollow end because can I say it this? has a sharper if, side. If Malachi Black's corruptible mist takes this long to corrupt someone, it's not really that effective. <laughs> <laughs> Which okay, what works faster, the COVID vaccine or <laughs> Malachi Black's <laughs> corrupted mist? Gosh, man! Like, I mean, how long ago did he spray her? Like four months ago. Yeah, it was back in, like, November or December. Jeez, like, all right, come on, do your job, Mist. She had to open her Christmas presents with an eye patch on. <laughs> oh, gosh. Uh, I will say, I do have to give her defense. I don't... Man, okay, I'll say it this way. In the ring, she's not improving. Right, um, no, not at all. But she is, and she said this on Twitter, she's 20 years old. Yep. People do get better. Do they eventually never get better? Of course, sure. Like you can she might just become a val a valet. Like yep. the I see the opposite. For example, with Anna J. Anna J. Every time I watch her, is just a little bit better, mm. you know. And not to a point where she's like, I, I I will stop to watch the Anna J. match. But when I watch her, I'm like, okay, that wasn't a complete and total embarrassment. With with Julia Hart's matches, they're they're not fun to watch because the execution's poor. But she's really really young, and I don't I don't like people piling on top of her about how like oh my god why is she getting tv time you know she's got a look you know she looks like a pirate and she's in this riverdale i call it the riverdale storyline yep yep <laughs> and only junk has sprays missed at people <laughs> <laughs> but no the house of black i agree they got poochie they yeah. they need more time yeah yeah um let me say two things one I would love it if Eddie Kingston, who got fireballed by Chris Jericho, has an eye mat, like has an eye patch, and like they have a segment where like he borrows some of Julia Hart's old eye patches. I think that'd be really his cool. phone call to Jericho. It just exhibits how great of a promo. Yeah, like he a is. phone. Call. He's like, literally on a fucking phone. Yeah, what was the last time we had like? It used to happen like on Nitro and stuff like phone interviews. Like that was cool stuff. Austin used to do it, and I, uh, man, uh, Austin on the phone was so hilarious. And the other thing I want to say is this. Uh, as someone who has crapped all over her since the start of this show, I think they might have found a spot where Red Velvet works. I think the Red Velvet, uh, Jade Cargill, Kira Hogan trio, I think the there's a little section. something there. I think there's a little something there, man. 
like they I, even they even synchronized their dance. Their, right, uh, like their I intro. think I think those their two intro, as yeah. it just. I mean, Jade's still the star, and they're there to make Jade the star, but it's working. Like, like, because I was watching with my son, and he's like, "Who's good? Who's bad?" I'm like, "In Red Velvet, comes comes out." I go, "She's the worst. <laughs> She's the worst one. She sucks." <laughs> and then she didn't. Like to her credit, she didn't. She didn't do anything well, too she horrible. Is in the Owen. Yeah. Uh, so that she's gonna wrestle with Karshida. Um, Sheeta did lose that match to Serena Deeb. She's yep. transitioning to a title feud with Thunder Rosa. Yep. Um, so Deeb's not in the Owen, but Sheeta is. Yep. The other ones are Ruby Soho and Riho. That'll yep. be on Rampage. Um, Tony Storm, Jamie Hayter, we mentioned. And then there's a Joker opponent for the men and the women. On the women's side, the Joker opponent will face Dr. Britt Baker, DMD. Yeah. And then for the men, the Joker is going to be Samoa Joe, um, against Samoa Joe. Yeah. Uh. Ah, do you think it might be Claudio? Yeah, I do. Um, and it's to the point where I've hyped myself into thinking it so much that if it's not, I'm going to be let down. And it's going to be hard for me not to be mad at the company because my own expectations got up. You know? Yeah, you, you already said Paige Van Sant for the women. Um, yeah, that, just because I, yes. I don't know. Who'd you say? Uh, you said Paige Van Sant. Yeah, I, I don't know who else I would guess. If, if, I, had to, if I had to just randomly guess, uh, Athena. Oh, okay, yeah. Yeah, just that would a random make sense guess. to come in and beat uh, and then, Britt Baker, huh? Yeah, uh, Adam Cole, Dax Harwood, we mentioned Darby Allen and Har- Jeff Hardy. We mentioned that'll get uh, a lot of hits on YouTube. No, by, They're very we, popular. Let's apps. pause real quick. Um, okay. Would you want to take a Jeff Hardy Swanton right now? That guy drops on people like a sack of potatoes, dude. Oh my god, he hits people so even hard. even when he does like the whisper of the wind. Yeah. Like people will just like get out of the way. Yeah. Like, <laughs> whereas so. like. Whereas, like, Darby is, like, taking stage dives and stuff. Right. He's, like, light as a fucking feather. Right. Um, Darby, like, I saw him against Swerve Strickland. Good match. That was on Rampage, I think. Yeah, it was. Good match. Man, he is so underrated in the ring. Yep. Yeah. Every time I watch Darby, I feel the same way about – I always say that about Styles. Like, his timing and his ability to make a match seem random but hit all his spots without mm-hmm. messing up is so hard to do. Yeah. Like I always, you always say that about the young bucks. And I know some people are critical about their high spot sequence stuff, but they don't understand how hard it is to quarterback that stuff. Right. It is really hard to coordinate that many quick spots and not mess up, which the bucks almost never do. I almost never see a mess up. Right. And that's the case with Darby. You know, Jeff is slower and that's okay. Like if Jeff slows down and he doesn't hurt himself because he's older and he can still hit the same high spot, that's fine. The execution needs work. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so let's do, some, the last... let's, let's do some predictions then. Uh, yeah. Jeff Darby, who you got? Party. I think so too. Uh, Adam Cole, Dex Harwood. That's Adam tough for Cole, me. It will be a good match. You think Adam beats him? Yes. Man, after that hype video about Dex saying I have to win this, that is. For my family. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I feel like if he beats Adam Cole, he's got to win the whole thing. Yeah. Like, but I, I, that's the one I don't know. Uh, Ray Phoenix and Kyle O'Reilly. I think Ray Phoenix wins that. That is, I don't know who's going to win. I'll, I'll guess Ray Phoenix. Yeah. That's going to be a fucking awesome match. Yeah. I don't, it's not booked yet, but uh, like for the time, I guess it will be the Dynamite after in Houston, Texas. That match is going to be amazing. And then you got Joe and the Joker. Um, the real Joker? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Joaquin Phoenix against Samoa? No, Nikola Jokic. <laughs> Reigning NBA well, MVP. If anybody who knows how to lose in the first round, it's Nikola Jokic. 
and I love Nikola Jokic. That dude did deserve the award. There's sometimes there are situations where you can't get far enough, but you do deserve the. Yeah, I mean, they had a bad draw you with the Warriors too. Like, yeah, if they had matched up with like Utah, I think they would have at least got to the second like, round. Like, I remember when Dean Malenko got the Wrestler of the Year, yeah. and everybody laughed. They're like, "Ha, he's not the best wrestler," and it's like. No, but I understand the point. Right. The point they were trying to make is you're not the champion. You might not even get through the glass ceiling, but you're the best. Yep. You know, what we're lucky about with AEW and because the wrestling fan runs it is that we're in a situation where the indie dream guys are the top guys. Yeah. And does that always create the best stories? We just did a whole hour and a half talking about it. No. Right. But they, it does create some great matches. So if it's Claudio, do you think he beats Joe? No. Okay. Joe wins. Yeah, I think I think if it's not Claudio, I think that it's going to be something dumb like Satnam Singh or even uh, a ring of honor cast away. No, I was even thinking, gosh, why am I drawing a blank? Um, and the the guy that's with Jay Lethal and Satnam Singh, uh, Sanjay Dutt. Yeah, Sanjay Dutt, and just Joe kills him. Um. So what a I, waste I think, of a Joker pick. Yeah. Yeah. Like, but I mean, I just think that it could be that. And maybe they're just like, you know, edging their bets with Sot and be like, okay, let's, let's move on from this. Um, on women's side, uh, I think Tony Storm beats Jamie Hayter. How about you? Yes. But it'll be competitive. Uh, I, I think I like your pick for Athena. And if she is the Joker, she's going to beat Britt Baker. Okay. I think, I think because she she's had Jamie's help. Yeah. Uh, Ruby Soho versus Riho. Gosh, I can go either way. Probably Ru. Probably Ruby. That's my I'll go guess. with Ruby, but you know the, she didn't win the TBS tournament either. Right. So and then, now you're getting that point where it's like, all right, right. I mean, right. you're just can't win the big one. And then you got Hikaru Shida. I, I think Hikaru Shida rolls. Too. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, what do you think about Serena Deeb and Thunder Rosa? Do you think there's a chance of double or nothing that Serena wins it? <laughs> No, I don't think so. I not unless, unless they want to do a hot potato thing like they do with the TNT title. I think that they want Thunder Rosa to to hold it for a minute. I don't know. Maybe though, and maybe maybe the the cornerstone champion is going to be Jade Cargill. You know, maybe. like she got a long promo. Of, yeah. Um, Thunder Rosa, where she basically said, "Look, I it, it was kind of feeding into the internet talk about how the women's division is not as strong as the WWE's and blah blah blah." And she says, we always get criticized, but we always get back up and we always try and blah, blah, blah. And I will give credit. That Rampage you talked about that was on the terrible death slot, but it actually had good wrestling. That tag match was actually very good. Yeah, I, I liked it. Um, I think Tony Storm the, looked really good. And the really Rio Zakasaki one, I would just recommend outright. If yeah. you could catch it on YouTube somehow, watch it. It's really good. Um, but, yeah, I mean, maybe there's a possibility. I thought Serena's match with Sheeta was pretty good. They did not go with the blood, thankfully. Uh, but, man, Serena Deeb got a shiner underneath her yeah. right eye. You said they didn't go with the blood. Um, this might be our first episode. I don't think anyone's bled in two weeks, man. No, the only one that had blood was a show that was from four years ago, and that was Cody Rhodes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Against Nick Aldis. Right. Maybe so. it's Nick Aldis is the Joker. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Could be. Or maybe it's Trevor maybe, Murdoch. Maybe it's the uh is the joker for the women i've heard i actually heard like a couple people speculating like not like not like sean ross sap or anything like that i just saw a couple tweets like oh man what if it's mickey james like okay something you know i Uh, think i know that bruce pritchard has never been high on him that's been well told i think nick 
and Mickey, where Mickey is like almost like Ms. Maurice. Mm-hmm. I think that could work really well. Yeah. Wherever they go. Yeah. Whether it's like um NW, well he's in NW, duh. But like um I don't know, uh, uh, GCW. Right. I mean, look, fucking Will Osprey is going there. Johnny Game Changer is going there. Right. I mean, everyone is going to GCW. Uh, speaking of going, we've got a couple people who have left AEW officially. Joey Janela is done. Stu Grayson yeah. is done. Uh, Stu Grayson surprised me. Uh, Joey Janela, I think I saw, I think the writing Everyone was on saw the wall. We saw that one coming. Yep. Stu Grayson was a surprise. I'm like, oh, wow. Uh, and that to me kind of like marks like their orders like officially like forgotten, <laughs> you know, like, cause Stu Grayson was a pretty big part of that. Um. And it's sad because of Brody Lee. I yeah. mean, maybe out of respect for Brody in perpetuity, you try to do something to keep Dark Order representative. Yeah. But how long can you do it and keep? I don't want to say that the faction is is keeping these guys down. Some for some of these cases, like Alan Angels, maybe it's propping them up. Right. Say even Alan Angels, even Evil Uno. Uh, I think like I think he's a guy who kind of peaks in that character. Yeah, I think Uno would be like a great, a great like a like manager color almost. Guy. Yeah. yeah, like a color guy. Like, yeah, I, I think absolutely Ricky Starks is amazing. Like, I think he's just a talented dude who's good at everything he does. I but to him. say like Evil Uno did Rampage instead, I think he'd do a good job. I you know, like, yeah. Um, but like, but for other, people, I mean, he did a great job running the place to be website. When all this- <laughs> 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 oh no! Did you pop those peas. Yeah, but um. <laughs> We're gonna have to listen to the commentary, <laughs> Brad, Brad. I love you, but <laughs> um, uh, where was it going? But John, Sil- John Silver and Alex Reynolds, it pulled them back. Yeah, and we're seeing that with CM Punk. Yeah, this is a situation where he doesn't need the Dark Order to like make Johnny Hunky look good. Johnny Hunk's over, period. Right. And Alex Reynolds has a really good look, and I think he could be a good single star. I do too. So, Alan Angels, I don't know, man. You know, and then you got guys like Ten, who I'm, who knows, who we've never really seen what he's capable of. You know, yeah, that's a that's a quote Cody guy. Like if you watch Roads to the Top, Preston Vance was on it all the time. Gotcha. But the, but then again, there's a million Cody guys in in uh, um, AEW right now. Ricky Starks, yep. Ricky Starks is very close with him. So QT Marshall is still there in the factory, losing to whoever they choose to have him lose to on Elevation. She's so. There. Cheeseburger. <laughs> I will say this for Cheeseburger. I've never seen him. I know we have always joked about it for many years on PTB. Yeah. Um, well, because he weighs like nine pounds is the, is the joke. <laughs> he wrestled against um, – oh, shit. Who was it that he wrestled against? Um, uh, you have it in the notes. I'll see if I can bring it yeah, up. Yeah, I'll take a look. I got it right here. Um, on Tony Nese. And Tony oh, yeah. Nese is – Tony – you talk about gatekeepers. Tony Nese is the gatekeeper. Yeah. He beat, beat Cheeseburger, and then he uh, – and then he beat uh, another guy uh, for uh, Leon Ruff. Uh, who had Leon Ruffin. Yeah, yeah, they called him Leon Ruffin. Another freakishly Leon... skinny dude. Unbelievably, North American champion at NXT. Leon, yeah, Ruff. how did that happen? <laughs> I think they just. I think it was a situation where they thought he was Pineapple Pete. <laughs> and they heard they heard Jericho say Pineapple Pete, and they're like, "I'll give him the belt." And he's like, "No, that's not Pineapple Pete. That's Leon Ruff." And they're like, I, "I don't care. Give Whoops. him the belt anyway." <laughs> and Johnny Gargano is like the greatest wrestler so he's just like oh yeah i can make that guy look good. right right <laughs> no but long story short cheeseburger i didn't see his offense ever he has a palm strike that oh looks yeah amazing. yeah it's... It, it's robinson was jealous right <laughs> he 
Yeah, that's it his, good. that's like straight straight out of Liger's playbook. I mean, uh, his, his thing for me has always been like he's just so freakishly skinny. It's mm-hmm. almost comical to watch him wrestle. And then Leon Ruff is the same way to me. I think they both have like arms. Might be the only guys some, in wrestling with small arms than me. some guys can make skinny work. Like if you're Dante Martin, like sure. I remember when Kevin Durant, he couldn't bench press. And everybody laughed at him. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, he also averages 25 points a game. Yeah, exactly. So I, I wouldn't piss on him too much. You put 40 on anybody's Martin, heads, yeah. Dante Martin is so skinny and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, but he does things that literally no human being can do. <laughs> Another thing I heard, and just to be off topic, and I didn't even think about this, Ray Phoenix took his mask off and gave it to Dante, and like he had Alex Abrahantis cover him with a towel to walk out, mm-hmm. like as a token of respect. Alex is back to being normal, and he's not a vampire anymore, by the way. Dante and the Lucha Brothers as a trio. Yeah, I mean, you kind of leave Pac out in the dark, but... Well, poor Darius. We found out now. Yeah, he's in a car accident. Yeah. Yeah, Malachi Black spilled the beans in an interview. He got into a really bad car wreck. Yeah. Real, real that sucks because when he came back, he looked like he hadn't missed a step. He looked, he looked good. so good. He had this nice little move where he steps through and he bounces off the bottom and does like a flatliner. It looked really nice. Yeah. Like he had athleticism too. Yeah, I agree. But this so. is going to be hard to recover from, but hope, I mean, Godspeed to him. Hopefully everything works out well and he comes back and fully recovers. Um, but yeah, like I hope John Silver, I hope this main events him and him and CM Punk. Yeah. Uh, I I got a dumb feeling that the one you had mentioned and focused on Wardlow and uh MJF contracts, I think that's going to be the main event. I could see it. Yeah, yeah. I could see it. Like the top the closing segment is and, what and I And it closes with MJF standing tall over a beat Wardlow. Yeah, I mean Wardlow's going to be like Russell Crowe and Gladiator. He's kind of been portrayed that way. Yeah. You know, the handcuffs and no music and everyone's cheering him on, but this is going to be the are you not entertained moment where is he, is he going to get booed? Him. Oh my god, yeah. Okay. Cool. Oh my god, yeah. everyone's going to hate him. So all the mechanisms that you've done where he's getting over, it's not going to work at UBS Arena. They're going to have to do something a little unique. And I'm sure Tony's got something up his sleeve. Or yeah. MJF, depending on who's, like, influencing the creative on that side of the angle. Right. Right. I think it's probably a combination of, of both of them. Like, MJF yeah. seems to be the type who's very hands-on with his stuff. But, anyways. Hey, Andrew, we like to wrap up our show with some questions. You ready to go to the questions? Anything yes. else? Anything else? I think we kind of hit most of it. Uh, only one thing. Deanna Peraza looks like a star. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and she she lost her interim Ring of Honor women's title, but uh, I don't think we've seen the last of her. So no. I will say one one more thing. Um, we talk about debuts and stuff like that. It almost feels like old hat to talk that. I I sure hope they can find a spot for Malcolm Bivens somewhere, whether it's on Ring of Honor uh, or I mean, there's another round of NXT cuts. Most of them are like well, whatever, but Malcolm Bivens, man. I'd like to, I'd like to see him just on a YouTube show. He already did a stand-up routine where he made a joke about you, NXT UK that had me laughing. We talk about Twitter game. How about how Nyla oh, he's Rose, great. His Twitter game is like next level. Yep. Like he he comes up with stuff that's hilarious. Dakota Kai is also that woman. Yeah, she's she's with it. Like she loves wrestling. Yep. I feel like she's a missed opportunity. Like she was when I was finally like I checked out on Raw and SmackDown and I hung around with NXT for a while. Um, I remember she turned heel. I thought it was a really effective heel turn. Uh, And then I kind of faded and I just feel like they never capitalized on her turning heel. Right. Uh, And then uh, Dexter Loomis, who I didn't know if you know this on that all in Cody's entourage. One of them was Samuel Shaw. Yeah. 
Samuel Shaw was like one of the worst characters ever. So yeah, Benny Morrison be and I had a funny gag about how we don't, none of us wanted Samuel Shaw. Yeah, <laughs> and, uh, and, but they, look, he did the best with Dexter Loomis. He did sure. the best he could. Okay. Yeah. All right. Well, let's go to the questions. Uh, Andrew, first question: Give me your best wrong answer for who the Jokers will be in the Owen Hart Men's and Women's Tournament. Who's your best uh, men's Joker pick? Uh, Braun Strowman. <laughs> I'm going to go with two. I'm going to go with uh, Sal from Practical Jokers. <laughs> <laughs> and he's going to win the whole thing. Yeah, and he wins the whole thing. Or I was going to go with um, Joey Janela since we mentioned him earlier. Or not Joey Janela. Uh, Joey Ryan. And he's going to come out with penis druids and Shimojo clothesline all of them. Like Wardlow with the they're security both, guards. Both bad, they both been bad boys. Yeah. But, um... <laughs> Uh, worst woman one. Mine is Martha Hart. <laughs> I think I Brandy Rose one time, so I don't want to use it again. <laughs> um, Alicia Fox. Oh gosh, Alicia like, Fox and Melina. Crazy sailor Alicia Fox, like that sailor gimmick that she. Had. I don't know. I don't know if anybody knows this joke, but um, you know what? Wrestling chants are smart. I, they yeah, know I know. I know where you're going. They had a tough enough competition where uh, Steve Austin grills a girl and asks her, what's your favorite wrestling match ever? And she goes, Melina, Alicia Fox. And the reaction by Stone Cold is legendary. She wound up being not Naomi, but the other Funkadactyl. Uh, Cameron. Yeah, that's who that is. It's Cameron that said that. She showed up and she was on AEW. Was she really? She She did a couple appearances on AEW during Daily's Place. Oh, wow. I did not know that. As Ariana. Mm hmm. Or Ariane, I forgot her name. But, uh, yeah, she, I mean, wow, I know. That's the one that wound up doing something. All right. But, um, yeah, Stone, Stone Cold's like, who? <laughs> <laughs> that was the same one that uh, he gave to Cody when they were doing, like, rapid-fire questions. He asked Cody, favorite band? He goes, Our Lady Peace. And Steve goes, who? <laughs> All right. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> uh, next question. Who fell from grace more quickly? Amber Heard, Joe Francis, Bob Baffert, or Ryback? <laughs> Uh, you got to help me out here. I'm not sure who Bob Baffert is. Bob Baffert was the trainer whose um, horse race, whose uh, race horse in the Kentucky Derby tested positive for oh, okay. banned okay. substance, and he is swearing up and down that he's never used banned substance for his race horse. He's also had two Triple Crown winner, winners, um, and he's been banned for two years because the Kentucky Derby just happened. Yeah. So that's why I was thinking about it. And he was banned for two years from being able to um, raise uh, race horses. Gotcha. So that sucks, but that's not unheard of. I think the two choices are Amber Heard and Ryback for me. Uh, Amber Heard famously pooping in the bed of Captain Jack Sparrow, uh, and Ryback. And- <laughs> <laughs> Ryback, did you see his tweet? Like that? Is that why you listed him there? Yeah, but it, I mean, it's Ryback. Very tasteless. Always. Yeah, it's, that, it's it's always Ryback. Like he found a way to dig himself even deeper. If you haven't heard, I mean, I don't even know why we're given this time of day but uh was it vince's mom passed away or vince vince's mom died yeah. he basically took a shot at her yeah took a shot at him really tasteless growth like if you can make vince mcmahon sympathetic you've done something horribly wrong so yeah i, I mean i don't want to get amber heard whatever everyone's watched the johnny depp stuff whatever right, right. the joe francis thing i brought up that's a girl's gone wild dude yeah. they had that commercial running oh on so many NC. times 
I could not get away from it. I was like, watching. Everyone laughs at these like commercials during the NBA playoffs and the NCAA tournament where they're like, oh my god, I'm so sick of watching this commercial. That was me with the Joe Francis commercial watching AEW. What's like, funny three- about those commercials too is like I was watching something and it was on and my wife was in the room and then her friend Melanie was there. And I said, this is such a dumb premise for a show. It's like, you'll never believe how scandalous it was. Like, no, I think everyone would believe how scandalous Girls Gone Wild was. As a <laughs> <laughs> and um, I had a, I, I had one, but I don't – he fell from grace, but I don't see him as like a man who created his own mess like the same, like these four, mm-hmm. and that would be Triple H. Yeah, no, nah, that's not. I almost, I almost feel bad for. Am I, am, am I, am I naive for feeling bad for Triple H? Yeah, fine. You're a human, okay. Andrew. <laughs> do we not all bleed the same blood? Do we not? If if we bleed, do we not all write it across our chest to signify <laughs> what stable we're in? <laughs> well, it's just three letters. It's easy to get away with. It. Right, exactly. And, uh, Triple H is a great bleeder. That's a whew. yeah. Uh, we'll skip this next question for for when we get back to our all. All in watch. Uh, what went after that? Instead of saying that he's Wardlow's kryptonite, uh, which is what Sean Spears said, what if he instead said he will be his Huckleberry? Uh, <laughs> how awesome would it be if he showed up like stumbling drunk, like uh, Doc Holliday wasn't a boss of Tombstone? <laughs> you know what's hilarious about that? I know that line. I have never seen Tombstone. Oh, man, it's a great movie. I have never seen it. I have a lot of pop culture blind spots. I've seen a million things, but I've yeah. never. Ah, Johnny Ringo. I actually have a Doc Holliday pop Funko Pop figure on my desk. I think I have it. Yep, right here, right now. It's like uh, end of the movie where his eyes are sunken because he's. But dying. they're they're clearly gonna wrestle. Um, oh, yeah. and, Spears, and you you built up to it in the previous shows. It's gonna be glorious when he beats the livid fuck out of him. Mm-hmm. Yep, I think will. that's gonna be like. So probably Texas, either Texas or Las Vegas. Yeah. Oh, uh, the main late day when they go into double or nothing. Yeah. Yeah. Probably the, the go home show, huh? Maybe so. Yeah. All right. Uh, Elizabeth Olsen, who is uh, famously Scarlet Witch in the MCU, recently admitted that even though she stars in the latest Doctor Strange movie, and I won't spoil too much, but she plays a very pivotal role. Uh, she does not attend Marvel movie premieres that she stars in because she's afraid the movie will flop. Uh, by the way, Elizabeth, if you're listening, uh, they're not gonna. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> They'll be yeah. just fine. Uh, By the time we're done with that movie, she might be able to buy Twitter. Right. <laughs> Andrew, do you have any issue if a pro wrestler personally prefers not to rewatch their own stuff? You know, I thought about this because I was – I don't know. Let me ask you this, and we can sure. kind of turn it back to ours, ourselves. Do you re-listen to your own shows? <sighs> not all of them, but yeah, I do. I do, but I do it because I want to get better. Yeah, agreed. No matter how many years you do something, you always want to improve on something. Yeah. Now, if I'm listening to it and I'm agreeing with myself, we got a problem. Yeah, yeah. There's <laughs> there's some that I listen to, um, some that I listen to because I can't wait because I enjoyed the show so much. I'm like, oh, I hope that comes off as fun as it was. Then there's sometimes uh, this is like when I was doing some rank. There's a couple rank and files where I was like, oh, this one's a dud. While I'm taping it, I'm like, hey, this one's gonna be rough. Let's and, see if it's as bad and as I, I was, think. Um, I was looking back at some quotes where some wrestlers were talking because I saw that that quote pop up with Elizabeth Olsen. I think she said it on the Tonight Show, and I thought that was kind of interesting. At first, I thought she meant the Marvel movies are bad, and mm-hmm. I, that's not what she meant. It, it was misconstrued. Gotcha. Uh, she just meant that she's always nervous because, like, the higher the stakes, the more nervous you are about the results. You know, and, and like for wrestlers, I mean, do you think it's a bad thing if wrestlers don't 
rewatch your own matches, or do you think that some of these wrestlers they they it's like I already know what I did I was in there I don't need I, to I think it's it. dependent on on their their reasoning for it. Like if there's an arrogance, like oh I don't need to rewatch that match, then yeah I think that's a bad thing because you're like you said you listen to yourself to see where you can improve. Um, I think any art, I mean wrestling is art. Uh, who wants to improve their craft is going to look at their own work, not just others' works, to see where they can improve. They're going to look at their own and compare where they were a year ago to where they are now. Like I think, yeah, like that old coaching speak, yeah. burn the tape. But if it's well, a, yeah, but if it's a situation where back, a guy, you know, if yeah. it's a situation where a guy just, you know, can only be critical of himself, he might realize that it's not productive to watch his own stuff. And I get that, you mm-hmm. know. So yeah, like because uh, Bret Hart, he doesn't watch many of them, but he's got a lockstep memory with things. Um, Steve Austin is like that. Steve Austin does not have to rewatch his own matches. He, I remember he did a DVD for WWE like a long time ago, and he remembered every detail of that match. And I was like, "Damn!" Like That's this wild. dude remembers everything. Like, but and then some people were like, um, "Some people were like, man, like I think Will Osprey said this in a tweet one time about his Ricochet match. Was like, man, I can't remember half the shit I did in that match. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, right. and it's harder. And it's harder now in today's wrestling. There's so much more memorization. I was just to say, you did 40 There's spots so compared to five. Spots. You know. Yeah, like Andre the Giant. Like I love how Hulk Hogan tells that story. You know, I got a, I, I, I got inspired, and I had to show Vince in a notepad exactly the way I wanted it booked. Who knows if it's even true? But let me tell you, WrestleMania three, Hogan Andre, not exactly, not exactly the Young Bucks versus Jurassic <laughs> Express. Like yeah. it's about, it's about maybe ten t- spots tops. Yep. You know, but you know, to each his own. Like if you can. You know, if you want to do the Macho Man gimmick, the Diamond Dallas Page thing, where you tape yourself because you want to learn how to get better and you watch it when you go back, that's cool. Do some people call that narcissistic? I just call it quality control. I, I agree. Yeah, <laughs> I agree. Uh, Andrew, if you could take any AEW wrestler's wardrobe and wear it to the Met Gala, whose would it be? I like your choice. Uh, I would wear that thing that Power Hobbs. Powerhouse Hobbs wrote wore at uh, Cleveland yeah. when they were at Beach Break. Yeah, the <laughs> tight muscle shirt with the fur coat. Yeah, man, I was really thinking. I was trying to come up with. I think I would wear <laughs> Adam Page's Stay Puff Marshmallow Halloween costume <laughs> 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 to see if I could be mistaken as Billie Eilish. <laughs> oh my! <God. laughs> I'm trying to I'm trying to think of other ones that are really that are really good. Yeah, uh, I, was, I was trying to think like JD Drake's Hawaiian shirts. <laughs> he wrestles hook. Brock Anderson's hair. Like I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he wrestled you, hook. Hook, hook beat him pretty quick. Yeah. <laughs> um, if Elon Musk, and this is an interesting one. I couldn't come up with an answer for this. Maybe you have one. If Elon Musk could allow you to edit any famous wrestling tweet, even to make it funnier, what would it be, and why is it Ryback retiring? Okay, so the reason I said that is because there's a famous tweet where um, Ryback had a poll yeah. for his fans. Hey, yeah. Ryback fans, uh, what would you like for me to do next? And he had the three options. I don't know, AEW, WWE, something else, and it, and the last one was retire. <laughs> Everyone voted retire. <laughs> <laughs> what I would do is I would have edited the tweet so that all of them said retire. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> One of my favorite tweets, and I don't know how I would edit this, but uh, I, I somebody shared a screenshot of Vince McMahon's Twitter account, and it was like, 
happy birthday to my wonderful, gorgeous daughter, Stephanie McMahon. And it's like this gushing paragraph. Every character used saying how great she is with a picture of her and all this stuff. And then it just another tweet was, happy birthday to my son, Shane. Period. (laughs) That's it. Yes. Um, I'll give you one more. So Eric Bledsoe had an infamous tweet where after... After his, the coach got fired for the Suns, yeah. he literally just tweeted out. I don't know if you ever remember this. It was like five years ago. He tweeted out, I don't want to be here. <laughs> I would have pinned his location at Monday Night Raw. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I would have done. <laughs> or Cody Rhodes. I would have changed it to, I won't take that bet, date. <laughs> <laughs> I would change... Uh, before he got banned from Twitter, when Donald Trump would tweet, and he tweeted this a few times, where's Hunter in all capitals? I would add Hearst Helmsley to the end of the <laughs> <laughs> the, thing that, uh, the thing that's amazing about Trump, though, is like he wasn't quick enough to change his misspellings. No. <laughs> so, God, he would get so many, like, ratios, like, before he would change it that, it's, like... It's so wild to think, like... Because a lot of these, the Marjorie Taylor Greens and stuff like that, I don't think it's really them tweeting most of the time no marjorie taylor green was on testimony uh uh, was uh had to testify about um the possibility being disqualified for re-election which she which isn't going to happen and she said no my team tweeted that but with trump i believe 100 percent. almost all his tweets were just him sitting Mm -hmm. on a toilet throwing away documents flushing them down you know you know it's like it's like a heel like Sometimes you have like these like smarmy heels, and they bother you, like like when Triple H when Triple H tore, tore, tore his quad. Um, like sometimes you miss him. There are some times I miss him. Like sometimes. Oh, dude, I loved, uh, <laughs> I loved quote tweeting Trump and saying like making jokes about it. Like there's one where he's like, "Stop the count!" I quote tweeted it. This is me when my wife asks how many cookies I've eaten today. <laughs> Oh, he's he's gonna be back. Oh yeah, he's he, coming oh, back. He will be back. Yeah, like it, it's gonna like maybe maybe they could have a sporting maybe they could have a wrestling event. Yeah, gosh. Oh, let's see how many let's see how many wrestlers like it. Right. Uh, speaking of Trump and testimony and Marjorie Taylor Greene and stuff, um, if you could put any pro wrestling figure on trial, like under oath, have to tell the truth, and it's on TV, who would you pick? What would you ask them? I would ask Vince McMahon, and I wouldn't ask him the super specific things like, did you kill Owen Hart and all these yeah, right, right. random, like, like spicy theory things. I would just ask him to say the words, super kick, <laughs> hospital, <laughs> belt, and wrestling. And I would ask him to say those words ten times in a row. <laughs> I think I'd have Eric Bischoff, and I'd say, who drove the Hummer? Do you remember hmm. that one? Yes. Okay. That was how uh, Hogan had it slammed into him, right? Uh, or was know. it... I, I'm trying to remember who it got slammed into. So, actually, you know what? Now that I say that, I think it was revealed like a year later that it was Sid Vicious. Yeah. Some random thing. Yeah. Uh, who wrote, who who um, raised the briefcase? Yeah. We never got yeah, that yeah, one either. That's a good one. Yeah. But that would be Vince I, well, Russo, probably. Um, yeah. There's a few. There's a few mysteries out there. Yeah. Yeah, there's a couple. I'm sure there's better answers than the ones I came up with. But did you uh, see that thing about Sunny? Yeah, that's horrible, man. Oh my Ugh. god, she's actually going to be on trial pretty soon. Good right. lord, right? Terrible. Yeah, she's had a rough life. Uh, a lot yes. of it, 
self-inflicted, but still. And now she's created rough lives for other people by exactly, her exactly. Terrible. So, um, speaking of rough lives, uh, living in Detroit my whole life, uh, Excalibur revealed while promoting Dynamite, his hometown is Detroit, Michigan. Have I been as Jordan Duncan been Excalibur in disguise this whole time? No, but we did uncover the. Secrets of Evil Uno earlier in the... That's who I'd pick. I'd pick Evil <laughs> Uno, and I'd ask him to tell us his real name. I could have sworn Excalibur was from California. Yeah, I'd never... could have sworn it. He, he's lived there forever with PWG, with Super Dragon, and, you know, because I think he co-owned it, um, P, Pro Wrestling Gorilla. Yeah, I don't know if he's I the mean, owner, but I know he played a big part in it. In, and in, I, so in I read history up, and stuff. And, but I read up on him, yep, from the... Michigan, because he said it during a, uh, a um, like a promotional thing that he's from Detroit. That's his hometown, is what he said. I never knew that. Nope, I, I didn't either. He um, also retired many years ago because of concussions. Okay. Yeah. All right. Uh, let me ask. Let, uh, let me answer this one for you. You said uh, I need to settle the debate as the expert. What is the best wrestling video game of all time? I, I was thinking about this a lot today, and it's a pretty short list. Um, but there's a lot of good wrestling games. Uh, the best games ever. Your mileage might vary. Uh, I think there's a choice that's personal for me, but there's a choice that's maybe consensus for everyone else. They're both from Nintendo 64. Um, that same engine, the Aki engine, the AK, I don't know if it's Aki or AKI, but whatever. Uh, you mentioned you had WCW, NWO Revenge. That was like the, the front runner, uh, that laid the foundation. And then the WWF games built off that and WWF then took that engine and mm-hmm. WWF No Mercy is generally considered to be the greatest wrestling game of all time, and I understand that it's just the most fun. But my pick is actually also for Nintendo 64. It's All Japan Pro Wrestling's Virtual Pro Wrestling 2. It's the exact same game engine as those WWF WCW games that everyone loved, but it's okay. all the, it's it's got a deep it's got like a hundred guys on it. All the All Japan guys, all the New Japan guys. Uh, it's got more extensive creator wrestler stuff. It's got G1 tournaments. It's just I played the crap out of that game, dude, like, for years. <laughs> I, I I kept my Nintendo 64. I sold every game except that. I remember I have a friend who's actually an independent wrestler. His name's Nate Matson. I would pack up my Nintendo 64, take it over to his house. Uh, we'd do Bible studies. We'd go to the same church. We'd have, like, a little small group Bible study. When everybody left, I'd bust out the N64, stay at his house till 2 a.m., and we'd play for, like, four hours every night. It was... Wow. Yeah, best game ever, uh... But if you if you've never played that, but you no. played the No Mercy game, same basic game. Um, but the only the only thing I can liken it to is that, um, or make a point about is that, I bet you what was probably awesome about that All Japan game is probably the same thing that might be interesting about the the Fight Forever game, and that's this. The thing with WWE games is that they probably give moves sometimes that are unrealistic to the wrestle that you selected. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah, I like know exactly. What the Undertaker yes. doing a Hurricanrana and stuff like that, or like a power bomb done by by Mustafa Ali, I don't know. Like, just things that are super random that you're like, oh, no, that doesn't fit. Yeah. When it comes to All Japan and and also AEW, the moves that they do are so nuts, but if you watch the product, they actually do those moves. Like, All Japan Pro Wrestling, not to get fanboyish, they did the most hard-hitting, head-dropping wrestling you will ever see in your life. Mm-hmm. Like, it is amazing what they put their bodies through in All Japan. Well, like, to speak to that, uh, that this was the first wrestling game I think that ever had detection. Like they had an Andre the Giant character, and you couldn't no you couldn't body slam him. 
Like, mm-hmm. unless you, you had, could. like, unless you had, like, your finisher, and, like, if I'm Vader, I couldn't Vader bomb Andre. My finisher was just a body slam on Andre. Yeah, and Gaijins, really cool. were, and Gaijins are naturally, naturally bigger. Now, mm-hmm. Takshita is the exception. Like, yeah, he's a beefy dude. Yeah. 230 pounds. Yeah. 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 Um, <clears throat> I love this question. <laughs> okay. When Freddie Prince Jr. gets his wrestling promotion going, which name would be funnier? She's all Matt or I know what you booked last week. <laughs> She's all Matt is the best. <laughs> that should be AEW's reality show. <laughs> She's all Matt starring Britt Baker and Adam Cole. Dude, that is so good. So um. Good. So Freddie Prince Jr., Announced on his podcast that yes, he will start a wrestling promotion. Yeah. And you know what? Good for that man. He also wants to get him to join SAG, which I have pined for professional wrestlers forever that they need a guild or a union. You know? Yeah. I don't think any wrestling promoter ever wants to hear unionization, but, you know, God bless them. I mean, they need health insurance, they need yep. long term benefits. Like, yep. they need something. That would be a yep. real game changer. Like it's almost like the joke that Tony Khan talks about. It. You want to change the game, Tony? Uh, let your let your guys unionize. <laughs> if he if he can get it on MTV or um, I don't know, I'm just thinking of random networks that might be interested in wrestling. Um, and he can get a couple decent names out there that like you know these people that are not going to be in AEW anymore for the next in the next year. Yep. And the the WWE castaways like you know he might be able to make something of it and do something really different. I remember he talked about he did it with uh, Macaulay Culkin, and they're both wrestling fans. And he was talking about this really random LA uh, kind of like, um, kind of like jokey character based type of wrestling show he went to. And I think that's what they might go with. They might there go is with um, there is a clip from a couple of years ago Macaulay Culkin edit show like getting involved in a match. Did you ever see that? Nope. I'll send that to you after we get off the air. Okay. It's like I, I want to say maybe my memory's changed, but I want to say he does some of his Home Alone bits like he like throws like ra- race cars on the in the mat and the wrestlers trip on him and stuff or something like that but and people are probably thinking to themselves if, if they're if a context like what is the guy yeah, who's from, this uh, crackhead <laughs> wh- who, what's the guy from boys and girls doing trying to book wrestling he actually wrote for wwe why so. <laughs> um but yeah macaulay culkin got involved so uh, you know, I just put my phone away. Let's do one final, one final, one final question for the night, and we'll write, we'll call it a. Call we'll a get show. out of here, yeah. Uh, let's do this one. Um, is it becoming a weird trend, Andrew, that we are building up interview segments that culminate with people giving the middle finger to other people? <laughs> <laughs> I saw this with Santana and Ortiz. Oh, I'm looking at my pocket. What do I got? Oh, it's a middle finger. Yeah. And we saw Jay Lethal and Samoa Joe, yeah, which I thought was actually pretty hilarious. When no, Jay but Lethal we said it. this in full gear um, when we reviewed it. Like, God. They're flipping the bird all the time. Yeah. Like, I just because you have the liberty to do things that you can't do in a PG environment doesn't mean you should do it all the time. Agreed. You talked about that on the most on on a previous show about blood. Like, come on, man. We, we I'm not saying to like hold back. I'm saying like if you overdo it, then it loses it loses value. We talked about that for a while about the TNT championship changing hands. Like you don't want to go to that well too many times. So, you know, ah, I'm not saying, uh, huh. I'm, I'm giving the microphone, the finger right now. (laughs) (laughs) Is that too much? Is that too many? No, 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 no. Um, no, but I get what you're saying. Yeah. 
And, and and listen, like our definition of PG is different too. Like sure. Like I love I love how I was watching WrestleMania, and I love how Steve Austin held back on saying "goddamn" because right. he said, "Give me a god ref." Yeah. But he called him a sack of shit. <laughs> like our definition of what's acceptable has changed in the last twenty to thirty years. Mm-hmm. So yeah, you can say shit, and you can say ass, and you can say bitch, and you can you can even call people dicks, and probably nobody will think twice about it on cable but doesn't mean you have to do it all the time just because you want to push the envelope like right. let's let's just tell a good wrestling show you know yeah i agree i, I i'm not opposed to it like i'm not a prude or anything like that but I, I think we could sum it up like when you're doing it just to do it it, it doesn't work when you're doing mm-hmm. it because it's emphasizing something like you know it, it, it goes for anything. Like, uh, it goes for the same spot. Like you mentioned, we mentioned before we went on the air. Like, WWE had four disqualifications on Monday Night Raw. Well, guess what? By the by, the third one, disqualifications had lost their value. By the fourth one, people were probably eye rolling. Same thing with with flipping the bird. Maybe the first time you're like, "Ooh, that's cool," but the second time you're like, "Seriously?" And the third time you're like, "What's going on?" You know, uh, less is yeah, more. Yeah, you know, you know why Steve Austin flipping people off work? He was the only one doing it. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So. But yeah, I think that's a good way to go out. Um, been Flipping a, the bird at everybody—that's yeah, exactly. the, the way to go out. <laughs> yeah. Nope. For me, it's just an evil Uno, aka Brad Woodling, for not having me to his hobby shop when when Ethan Page was there. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, I'm interested in what what matches we got wrong because, uh, as always, there's a dynamite that's uh, in our dark—not uh, AEW, but in our dark spot. You know, the dark mm-hmm. spot of the galaxy, and. Uh, We'll be back in a couple of weeks to talk about. Uh, I think two weeks from now we'll be doing yeah. our official well, preview. What do, um, for... what do um, AEW and Fivel from American Tale have in common? <laughs> I have no idea. They're both going to go west. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! It's true though. It's true. There, think... There's a there's a there's a stretch coming up after Double or Nothing that we can kind of hit on next time, where they go to the they go to California. What if there's what if, like, some big the, fucking crowds. What if the opening to Double or Nothing is Hangman Page looking up to the sky and singing somewhere out there? Who would he be singing it to? Ronstad. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Weren't they, were they Russian mice that escaped? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. Well, Maybe it's Miro Martin. then. I don't know. <laughs> Somewhere out there. <laughs> Beneath the power moonlight. <laughs> but no, these shows are going to be hot. Yeah. Especially Ontario. That's a Young Bucks hometown. Yeah, it's going to be great. Uh, so it, We'll talk about that next time. We'll get to it in a couple weeks. As always, uh, we've got lots of stuff to cover. And if you feel like we missed something... Sorry, there's just a lot happening in this company. If we aren't talking about your favorite guy, drop us a message. Get in touch with us. Let us know what you'd like to hear about. But for me and Andrew, we talk about uh, whatever. We have a we have a, a set list, so to speak, and we, we do it. And if, you know, if we stay on one topic for 25 minutes at the expense of somebody else, sorry. You know, we're trying to cover everything. Like I said, we're not like a match-by-match, hold-by-hold breakdown. We're just two guys who like wrestling and like to talk about it to, with each other. So It's a hitchhiker's guide to the AEW galaxy. Sorry, exactly. guys. Except we instead of sticking our thumb out to hitchhike, we stick up our middle finger. <laughs> <laughs> so for Andrew, I'm Jordan. Uh, the hitchhiker's guide to the AEW galaxy. 
we're glad to be your host. Thanks for going on the ride. Yeah.